Joey Fats Radio, row one, see one. Uh, I've been loving every second. I'm not rooting for injuries openly, but I just pretended that was Brian Deegan. Yeah. I'm so fucking pumped. I'm like, yeah, bitch. Fuck I will. You, I like. will. I will do that. I'm gonna find him on LinkedIn and be like, "Did you punch a kid in the face? Tell me the truth." All right, Sean brought his A game tonight. All right, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like where this is going. And I don't want to put this as like a thing. Like he wasn't a bad guy. As far as who we said know. he was a bad guy, I don't know, but I feel like we're painting him in this light that he was like this bad guy, and I don't want to do that to this day. I hope you hear this. Fuck you. But rules are rules, okay? Stupid rule, but it was a rule. If you were a crip and you were cooling in the cut, what do the bloods do? Are they booling in the butt? <laughs> Uh, yep. Uh, also, we are uh, extremely juvenile, and uh, yep, whatever. Fuck you. Uh, all right. All right, Paul. What let's, uh, get, let's, let's get after this, huh? Yeah. About we? time we back. Yeah. Let's. Uh, it's. It feels good to be back. You know, it, it's been. It's been a minute. Like we we've been gone. I feel like for Jesus, dude. Like it feels like months. It really does. Like we took two weeks off from this show, bro. The last show we did was the show the Tuesday before the Super Bowl, right? And now here we are on what February twenty seventh. So it's really been like three weeks, yeah. like three weeks of the day or two weeks it's of the day. It was a long fucking time. Listen, I was on vacation. I took a trip down to the great state of Florida, the Sunshine State. I watched the greatest sporting event in the history of sporting events, the Super Bowl of Automobile Racing, the Daytona 500. I was there live. I was on pit road for the truck race. I was there. Saw it. Matt Crafton walked right by me, touched me. Touched me? (laughs) I didn't give him good luck because he didn't win, but, you know, he was close. It was close, uh, but it was great. It was good to be. It was good to get out of here. Good to get out of Massachusetts for a bit. Get down to the sun. Get down to the shit. You know, the warm weather. Played some golf. Golf my tits off when I was down there too. That's dope. You know, it's a really, really good sign. I haven't swung my club since October. When the last time you and I played at a cushion, was the last time I had played. Oh wow! So that was the last time I'd swung my clubs. I went down there, and my first nine was a little rough i shot a 50 on the front you know unfamiliar course didn't have a great day but you know shot a 50 on the front but i dialed it the fuck in with a 38 on the back and i did that twice i'd shot 50 51 on the front and then like i think i shot 38 on the back again i ended up with like a 90 and an 88 you know in 36 holes which not great scores for everybody you know people like sitting there like and granted they are pretty good scores because most people can't do that regardless of what they tell you. Right. Most people are like, yeah, man, like, I shoot in the 70s. Like, yeah, yeah, sure you do. Right. Now, I know guys. drive 350. Yeah, I know guys that shoot in the 70s. Most people don't shoot in the 70s. No. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a 70s golfer, but I'm trending that direction. So for me to come out and basically shoot an average of 89 my first two rounds of the year, after not having swung since October, I'm just saying I'm very excited for the warm weather to get here so that I can get out on the course and actually start playing again. I'm looking forward to golfing this summer. I mean, I'm not going to do too, too much of it because I got shit to do, but, like, 
Listen, all I need is once a, I, once a week, yeah. 18, 18 holes once a week. I need one range session, like one, one maybe two buckets of balls. And then on my days off, I just want to be out in the back chipping around. You know, that with the foam balls. Just that chipping. would be fun. The, the chipping foam balls. You know, I was thinking about getting those little Velcro balls where they have the mat and you, you know, you chip them onto the mat so I can do that. I'm going to set up my putting green downstairs. I was actually thinking about installing a putting green in my backyard because that's where, that's what killed me. Uh, I only had one blow up hole in 36 holes. One blow up hole where I literally, I sliced a sleeve of balls into the same body of water, three straight shots. <laughs> And I was just like, all right, just give me the fucking double par and let's get out of here. And yeah, pretty much. And, you know, apologies to to Cam Goldstone and Goldstone Goldstone Realty. Um, It was all three of your balls that went into that drink consecutively (laughs) because I'd been using the I'd been using the balls that Cam had given out at the uh, Believe in Brook tournament. Yeah, he'll give you some more. And uh, I've been I've been using those and I'd use the same ball. I think that was like the seventh or eighth hole. No, actually, it was on the back because I played pretty shitty on the front. I'd, no, 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 it was on the front. Uh, I, I think it was the ninth hole. And I finally, like, all of a sudden, like, just it just the, the wheels came off the bus for this one particular shot. It was a par five. I was trying to hit my irons. I was trying to crush them. It always and, happens. And it way. always happens. I just put, and I do them right in the water. But do them right in the same shot three, three straight times. Same fucking shot straight into the water. Fucked it all up. And I was like, God damn it. And then I just, I took my, I, you know, I took my lump. I took my 10. Because it wasn't, you know, it was a double par. So I took, I took my, you know, I took it right on the chin, and I just went on to the next hole, par three, stuck it, you know, six feet from the pin, birdied that shit, and we were good to go. That's a rough hit, though. That's it a was. Score, that's it a was scorecard it, it destroyed my scorecard. Because I mean, you think about it. If I par that hole like I had been, you know, five is pretty easy for me on most. You know, five average is pretty good. I mean, that's that goes from an eighty-eight to an eighty-three. It's a big difference, it's a big jump. But I three putted a shit ton, and that was what killed me. And you know, I was playing with eighty-eight or a ninety-three. Yeah. Well, think about it that way. Yeah, right. From eighties to ninety. Yeah, it's know. a big difference. It's a big yeah. jump. I mean, eighty-eight to eighty-three is a big jump. Yeah. But still in the eighties. But yeah, ninety-three does think not about, sound think nearly about that. as good think as if you were shooting, Yeah, I think if you were already on the high side, you would eighty-eight. Yeah, you but luckily, another five. On I that. fucking came alive on the back nine both days I played down there. Right. And it was fucking phenomenal. My only regret about this year's Daytona 500 was that I didn't get as much time at the track as I had hoped for uh, because it rained Saturday and Sunday. They got like three inches of rain over 36 hours. Dumped on. And it just, it, that kind of killed it a little bit. But the race was great. The track was great. The phenomenal, it was, it was such a phenomenal event. NASCAR did such a fucking good job of getting out ahead of it and telling everybody like, hey, listen, like we're not going to run this race till Monday, so don't bother showing up Sunday. We're not going to get the jet dryers out and try to find a gap in the clouds and run this. Th- like, nope, we're just going to run it Monday. And they did, and The Rock was there, and he came out looking all fucking yoked and shit. And, but it was cool because Friday night we had, uh, we had gotten uh, a buddy of mine had gotten me VIP passes. So I got to go on pit road. That's the dope. And do thing. like the grid walk beforehand. So like right. the drivers are walking from, you know, the infield right past me to get to their trucks. And that's where I saw Matt Craft and uh, Tony Bedringer, I think is her, how you say her last name. Uh, she drives the Celsius truck oh, in the Xfinity. Oh, she's the other uh, female truck driver, right? She's, uh, yeah, she's from California. Fe- yeah. Yeah, it's her. Um, there's an older chick that drives. I can't remember her name. She kind of reminds me of like, an, uh, like a Shirley Muldowney. Uh same kind of look. She's like in her fifties, I think. And yeah, she drives, yeah. and then um, the other one is uh, Amber Balkan, who drives the Xfinity series. But 
I was bummed because the Xfinity series, I had the VIP, VIP passes for Saturday as well yeah. for the ARCA and the Xfinity series, and I really wanted to get on pit road because I really was, I was just going to go stand in front of Frankie Muniz's car, and I was like, I'm not fucking moving until I get to meet Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I wasn't budging until. Yeah, but, he drives, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. he made his, uh, he made his debut, uh. But it was a great event. That's sick, though. It, it was. It was a phenomenal event. Um, big shout out to my buddy who got me the passes. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, it was phenomenal. I can't wait to do it again next year. Hopefully, we will get the passes for Sunday because I want to go like down on the grid and like I want to like bump into Gronk and Mikey Waltrip and The Rock and you oh, know, yeah, Rowdy Burns was down there. You know, no shit. Yeah, Michael Rooker was Mike. He's he's there all the time. Michael Rooker, yeah. Rooker, Rooker. What did I say? Rooker. Yeah, I don't it's know. Rooker. <laughs> Carchulio. <laughs> yeah. The one-handed motherfucker from uh, Walking, Walking Dead, Dead, for those of you that might be a little bit younger. Um, but anyway, it's good to be back. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be doing the show. Sean uh, couldn't be here tonight. He had some other work engagements he had to tend to. Stuff to do so uh, we got Paul and a paintball gun instead. What up? Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be here for the next two hours-ish, and uh, we'll take you all through all the fun shit. We'll give you our reactions to the Super Bowl, although albeit a bit delayed, we haven't gotten, you know, we didn't get to talk about it because I, I left on, uh, I left Monday afternoon uh, as soon as, uh, yeah, like Monday afternoon uh, we left because we got we had to bump our flights up because of the storm. Yeah, that was it. Um, so we were out of here Monday. Uh, we got out to Daytona, you know, that day because we, we were worried about the snowstorm getting our flights fucked, uh, which they didn't. Nothing happened. That storm pissed out on us. Thank God for most people. Uh, but whatever, it cost me an extra 150 bucks to get out of here. And like you got 20. more time in Florida. I got out 12 hours earlier. You know, that was really it. I mean, we didn't get down to where we were staying. We didn't get to my sister and brother-in-law's house until about 3 a.m. So it wasn't like we get down there and we were like, Wee, let's party. Right, but I right. did get an extra round of golf in because of it. So it was See. only, as opposed to playing only once, Right. I got to play twice. But we didn't know that, you know, we had a feeling the race was going to get rained out Sunday. But I was planning playing Monday, but obviously we were at the track, so that didn't work. Uh, but we'll get into the Super Bowl. We'll get into that. We'll get into free agency. Uh, the franchise tag deadline was today. There are some big name running backs that did not get franchise tagged. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get into uh, a little bit of the Bill Belichick Patriots uh, exodus, which is pretty funny. But we're going to wait for primarily. We'll do that next week when Sean's here. Yeah, he'll know uh, because I want I need Sean's reaction to this because Sean is the resident Patriot fan here, right, obviously. Right. right. Um, and I want his reaction to it, but we will we'll comment on that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about my bets for NASCAR. Um, so far, yeah. I'm starting the season off pretty good. You know, we missed out uh, by seven one thousandths of a second on hitting back to back winners to start the season. So uh, we'll play you that video. We'll talk about that. We'll give you uh, a little bit of a sneak peek of what I think is going to happen in Vegas this weekend. Um, if you are into betting and you are into NASCAR or just want to bet. Uh, betting on NASCAR. Listen, man, uh, I'm not saying I'm gonna. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm gonna make you rich, but I can at least guide you. And I'm doing pretty good so far. Yeah. So far, so good. So we've got like a board for like the season of like how much you're up. <laughs> I think we're well. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a spreadsheet and uh, right. and like or like some sort of thing. Yeah, we'll have a board. We'll maybe have like a little thermometer behind us or something, or maybe like a little tack. You know, we'll do a tack. A movable tachometer, yeah, and, and the more money we make, you know, just the farther, the higher the RPMs go, right. you know. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe we'll just keep track of it like that. We'll yeah. just keep it in back of me so you can always know. Right. Uh, but we'll get into that. We'll do that. Uh, what else? Wow, free agency, combines coming up, bunch of bullshit. Yeah, the combine. That's uh, right. LeBron James looking to resign in LA for another three years, hundred million plus. Yep. 
Uh, so that way it'll probably bridge the gap to them bringing in Bronny. But we'll get into that. Basketball. Apparently he's overrated as fuck. Celtics, <laughs> Celtics Sixers tonight. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of that. So we'll get into a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a pretty free-form show. We don't really have too much. Uh, n- there's nothing rigid here. We'll open up the phones in the second hour. So if you want to call in and get your thoughts in, uh, 508-992-8702 is the number. I'll let you know when we get the phones open. Uh, but we'll get through all this shit first. And then we'll let you uh, chime in with your comments. Uh, where do we start, Paul? Let's let's all right. Well, let's go chronologically. Let's start with the fucking Super Bowl. Um, because yeah, forgive me if I still don't. That Super Bowl sucked. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna go out. And I'm gonna say this: the game was phenomenal. The outcome was less than phenomenal. Right. The outcome sucked. Okay. Nobody, and I mean nobody outside of Kansas City Chiefs, wanted the Chiefs to win this. Like nobody outside of their fans wanted the, wanted them to win. So like. It's 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 back to like, like we 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 went from everybody rooting against the Patriots every year. It felt like in the Super Bowl, like, oh, I don't care who the, who it is as long as it's not the Patriots. To now, it's I don't care who it is as long as it's not the Chiefs. Right. And it's like boom, like overnight we went through that. Like Tom Brady retired, and Patrick Mahomes stepped in and took his place. And that fucking sucks for me because Tom Brady went from being the quarterback of my number one most hated team in sports uh, to my number one A most hated team in sports. Uh, not Tom Brady, but then to Mahomes. Right. You, you know, went from the Patriots being fuck you, I hate you, to the Chiefs now, I hate you, fuck you. Uh, so this sucks for me. Um, you know, it's it's not great. Just going to call it like it is. It's not man. great to be a football fan in the Fats household right now uh, because – not you know, and you know the is Broncos. Is it good to be a football fan? Period. Right now in this shit, I mean, I mean, no. The league is watered down. Uh, we'll third get, Super Bowl, no we'll, holding calls. Like, come on, we'll man. we'll we'll get into that uh, as we go. But yeah, no. Right now, I feel like the league is at a, is it uh, at least in my lifetime, it's at the lowest point it's ever been. Uh, like just in terms of competitive balance, talent wise, like everything across the board. I, I feel like the the NFL sucks now. I really do, and and I'm I'm still gonna keep watching it. I'm not one of these guys like, oh fuck you, you want to take a knee on my sideline? I'm not fucking watching it. Blah, 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 blah. Nope, I'm still gonna fucking watch it right. until they pu- until they ultimately put flags on them, which is coming. Then maybe I'll stop watching it. But right, no, I'm not gonna be one of these hardos that sits here and you know fucking takes a selfie of myself driving down a road, you know. With you know my bald head and my goatee and my fucking Oakleys on, white Oakleys. my white Oakleys, and being like, and you know what? Fuck Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. <laughs> you stand for the goddamn flag. Listen, dude, I don't care if you stand for the fucking anthem or not. I really don't. Like, it doesn't fucking bother me. Like, do right. will Your I, will, choice, bro. Will I judge you? Yes. Does that mean anything to you? No. Does anyone give a fuck if I judge you or not? Also, no. no. Uh, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna bestow that level of self-importance. Right upon myself, um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm going to stop watching the NFL. But I will tell you right now that the NFL, as a product, is as bad as I've ever seen it. I mean, you go yeah. back, go back 10, 15, 12 years ago, and you go back and watch. Like for example, go back and watch that 2009 Super Bowl between the the, the Colts and the Saints. Yep. And even though that that result was equally as shitty for me as this past Sunday, uh, this past Super Bowls was, that game was infinitely better. It was much better in the standpoint, and, and this is why, and this is what I say. So let me preface it with this. The game was great. 
The Super Bowl was a great game. Yeah. It was a war of attrition. It was a chess match. It wasn't, you know, Madden 54-51 Rams-Chiefs garbage football where, like, guys are just blowing coverages inexplicably right, and, like, right. oh, look at this crazy bounce. Oh, my God, scoop and score. Whoa, ooh, yeah. cool, bad was, football. Yeah. No, it was good football. It was quality football. Now, I'll get into the Niners in a minute, and I'll tell you why I feel like they did. They made a liar out of me, and they did for one quarter everything I said they weren't going to do in this game, uh, which is get away from the run and piss down their leg, which they did the entire third quarter for whatever reason. They just decided Christian McCaffrey wasn't deserving of touching the football. Um, and that's fine. Whatever. It turned into a little bit of a, a punt fest, but the defense, you know, Kansas City's defense is really good. San Francisco's defense is playing really well. Uh, it was a really good game. It was a really fun game to watch, and it was a chess match between a master and a grandmaster and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. And I think that got lost on a lot of people because they're sitting there going, oh, this game's so boring. They're punting again. It's like, yeah, we get it, you fucking simp. You don't like football. Like, if you want to watch 54-51, go play Madden, dude. Like, I don't give a shit, like, what your opinion. Like, your most people's opinions when it comes to the NFL are trash anyway. All right, and and I will say I am exempt from that because my opinion when it comes to the NFL is not trash. I've watched, I've forgotten more than most people have learned about the NFL. So when I speak about the NFL, I speak it from a place of experience and knowledge and knowing. Now, that being said, you're allowed to have your shitty opinion. But when I was on Twitter and Facebook and social media and everything, everybody was like, oh, this game's fucking boring, this game's boring. I'm like, that's because you don't know what football is. You don't watch football. This is good football. Now, is it the style of football that I prefer? No. My style of football that I liked, like, again, like I referenced, was back in, like, 2009 when you had Peyton Manning and Drew Brees dueling it out. Right. And you had those quarterbacks running their offenses from the line of scrimmage, whereas in this game now, in this day and age, it's more about the coaches scheming guys open and calling the play and the quarterback going up and saying, okay, we got the look we want. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the scheme. We're going to do this. And they just kind of run the play. You don't see that like that maestro like Peyton Manning was where you get up to the line and start barking things out. And right, there was right. 10 million dummy audibles and things like that. Because and most plays today are like a two-read op, and then it's like a, it's like a two-read play. And then, it's just super, and si- then, um, it's just super simplified. Oh, I know. Okay. It uh, does it every time the fridge clicks on. <laughs> I was like, hey, your shit just went black. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like it's like two reads and then or like two options and that's it. Like if this doesn't fucking work, you're gone. It's like at least Peyton and everybody back then who knew how to It's like, a call very plays. vanilla brand of offense and yeah. it may and you know, the way the rules have changed and this is my thing about the NFL nowadays, the rules have been catered so much to the offense now that you can get away with this. Right. You don't have to go up to the line and start like, you know, being like, okay, here's the chess match between Ray Lewis and Peyton Manning. Right. Or or here's the chess match between Ed Reed and Tom Brady. Everything's so predetermined now. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? It's like you call the play, you go out and you run it. It's like you might flip a thing here, change a route there. Like, oh, if we see this, we'll do that. But you're not seeing that level of quarterbacking like you saw in the mid-late 2000s. Right. And it's... It's palpable, and it's not to take anything away from Mahomes. Mahomes is good. He's good, but he'll, he'll never be GOAT status. And, like, this whole, like, pay, uh, uh, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes conversation needs to fucking end. Like, it just needs to cease. I'm sorry. Mahomes is, like, saying that Mahomes is as good as Brady is like saying Steph Curry is as good as Larry Bird. Like, those things are just not true. They are not. It's not true. You will never convince me it's true. It's never going to happen. 
just stop. Yeah, Larry Bird's way better than Steph Curry. So Larry Bird's the greatest basketball player of all time. Period. In my story. opinion, yes. And I think most people's opinion, if they have an objective reality when they're looking at basketball and they actually watch Larry Bird play, they would say, oh, yeah, that guy was fucking great. Like, not only, like, yeah, yeah, but anyway, that's like, the, that's the comparison right there. Right. Steph Curry is, is never going to be in the top five all time in the NBA. He'll be the greatest three-point shooter of all time, but he'll never be up there with Michael, Larry, Magic, Kobe. LeBron, right? You know what I mean. He's, he'll never even be above LeBron. I don't care if he has more rings than LeBron does. Steph Curry is not LeBron. Nope. Like it just that that's not that is never gonna happen. So putting Mahomes like this whole like interjection of trying to put Mahomes above Brady, all that is is Patriots haters for the last twenty years right. trying so hard to grab at the first guy to just be like. Oh, he's better than Brady. Yep. Okay. Yep. We got. Yep. Brady's not the goat anymore. Ha ha. Fuck you. Brady's not the goat. Nope. It's Mahomes. It's like, no, he's not. Watch the film. No, he's not. Right. No, he's not. Great athlete. What happens if Mahomes doesn't win shit for ten years now? Like Brady. You know what I mean? Everyone on that 10, 10 fucking year streak where he doesn't win shit, and then it's. Like, I, I just want to know like what Mahomes is gonna do in the next couple of years. You know what I mean? Is he gonna be, get another one? Um. I mean, listen. And the other. The other thing. You know, kind of the other flip side of this conversation is he might because the right now the NFL again is at it's it's at the bottom. Right, there is poster boy. They, they I mean, who so much money off them? Who's the top five quarterbacks in the league right now? Because I can name three that are deserving of being in the top five. I can't even give you five. I can't give you five quarterbacks right now that deserve to be in the top five. I'll give you three: Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers if he's healthy. Four. Don't give me Lamar Jackson. I, I, I don't want to hear it. Don't uh, give me C.J. Stroud. I don't want to hear it. Jared Goff, fuck no. You know Brock Purdy, no. I mean, who who are we who are we talking about right now? Trevor Lawrence, fuck out of here. No. Like there's nobody. Like there is not. There are not five you quarterbacks. Said Josh Allen, who and who? Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes. Those are the only three quarterbacks in the NFL right now that deserve to be in the top five. Yeah, Herbert, no. And again, like I said, Aaron Rodgers if he's healthy. Right, maybe Herbert, but... You got three good quarterbacks in this league right now. I think Herbert's... Three, I'm sorry, three great quarterbacks in this league. Oh, right. Herbert's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. There's tons of good quarterbacks. I mean, Herbert's Russell Wilson is a good quarterback, for fuck's sake. Right, right. Baker Doesn't mean Mayfield you're going to win. He's a good quarterback. Like... Love Brother Baker, the touchdown maker, but he's not on that level. Right. Lamar Jackson's not on that level. Right. Carr's kind of falling off. Carr just took a total shit this year. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Um, just, yeah, like like T-Lar and shit. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, not Tua. You know what I mean? Like, there's this... There's, there's a very small... It, it's it's kind of hard to explain. The gap is very small between, like, the good and the better. Like, the, the top three that you said. But, like, that tier of, like mediocre player is just so fucking interchangeable just so mediocre right you can put anywhere from lamar jackson cj stroud you know to kyler murray right given the day or trevor lawrence like you just don't know who the good quarterbacks are right now desmond ritter what the fuck i mean (laughs) and and and, and like what are we like what are we talking about the league unfortunately right now the league is at is as it is at the bottom of in terms of like quarterback talent this is as bad as i've ever seen it bad as i've ever seen it 
in my adult lifetime, I've never seen the league have be this depleted of quarterback talent. And it's not to say that there's not good quarterbacks out there. There's no elite quarterbacks out there. Right. Is Deshaun Watson elite when he's no. healthy as fuck? No. No, he's another one that's just good. And then you got like Kenny Pickett, you got fucking um what's his face? Justin Fields. It's like I mean, for fuck's sake, Joe Flacco was in the playoffs this year. I know. Joe Flacco came off the bench and went to the playoffs. What does that tell you about the state of the NFL? It's just so awesome how Joe Flacco came in and showed these new kids a little taste of what it used to be like in the fucking NFL, about what these old quarterbacks can actually fucking do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Go back to to 2007. You had Brady, Breeze, Manning, Rivers, Rodgers, both Mannings, Mannings. uh, Aaron Rodgers. uh, I'm sorry. You had Brady, Breeze, Manning, Rodgers, Roethlisberger. Uh, you had Rivers. Carson Palmer. You had, you know, you had Phil- yeah, Rivers. Phyllis. You had Laserface. You had fucking Kurt Warner for Christ's sakes. Yeah, facts. Like you had elite talent across the board. It In felt court. like every division had at least one elite quarterback that you were chasing every year. Right. And that that was the guy you were measuring, you know, himself to yourself to. Right. So like you right. go back to like I said that 2009 Super Bowl when when it was Manning versus Breeze. That was, to me, that was the pinnacle of quarterback play right there in the Super Bowl. When you had those two quarterbacks going at it, trying to outdo each other. Now, again, Mahomes, great physical talent, great arm, great everything. But have we ever seen a quarterback come into a more tailor-made, perfect situation than Pat Mahomes? When you look at When he was drafted, he sat behind Alex Smith for a year. He had a Hall of Fame head coach. He had a Hall of Fame tight end on his roster. They gave him Tyreek Hill. They gave him Jamal Charles or whoever it was. Not Jamal Charles at that point. It was uh, somebody, uh, whoever else. He came in as a a first-round pick to an absolutely perfect situation. And what did he do? He spent the first two, three years of of, of of his career getting dicked down by Tom Brady. Right. Because he wasn't, because again, not as good as Tom Brady. Because those Chiefs teams were definitely better than those Patriots teams, yeah. talent-wise across the board. I had a ton more shit, you know. But they didn't. But you had Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. Okay, boom. Those those kind of offset. I'll always give the nod to Belichick, but whatever. No one has ever come in as a first-round pick with that much talent into a situation like Mahomes has. Mahomes has never faced. This is the first year in Mahomes' career. He's ever faced adversity. When did we... You remember during the middle of the season when they were losing games and Mahomes was going up to Josh Allen, bitching about the refs and crying yeah, yeah. and throwing his little... And they were throwing shit fits on the sidelines. Didn't they start off pretty rough last year, though, too? No. They didn't start off... No. This was the only year... This is the year they started off rough. No, this is the first year they got to, like, the, the middle... You know, the, the quarter post of the season... And they were they were kind of struggling they were a little questionable. bit. They were right, getting beat right. by teams that they normally didn't beat that they would normally beat, you know, right. relatively regularly. Right. And that's when Mahomes was crying to Josh Allen at midfield about, you know, the the blatant offsides by his fucking retarded receiver, Kadarius Tony. No, I did not just make that up. Um you know, he's out there bitching and crying <laughs> about everything. This was yeah. the first year that they've ever faced adversity, the first year they've ever had to go on the road in the playoffs. And what do they do? They get they get Miami at home at you know Miami at home in the wild card round. Okay, layup. My everybody knew Miami was frauds. No shit. They go on the road. They beat a 
they beat about as wounded of a Buffalo team as you're ever going to find. And they still needed a miracle to fucking win that. Right. Then they go and they get Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, which I don't know if you've been watching for the last five years, but if you get Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, um, 70% of the time, that's a guaranteed fucking win, bro. So what are we really talking about? Then they get to the Super Bowl. Some things bounce their way. They get one, you know, San Fran dominated that game. Fucking pissed me off. Everywhere except the scoreboard. And that's what chaps my ass about it because it just, again, I'm looking for quality teams, quality teams and quality coaching, teams that are going to go out and they're not going to shit themselves when they look across the field and they see Mahomes and and Andy Reid or they see Brady and Belichick. Right, as they did. You know, like the Ravens would go into Foxborough and they'd have no problem staring down the barrel of the gun that was Brady and Belichick and punching them right in the fucking mouth. Ray Lewis didn't give a fuck. About Ray, you know, the Broncos never gave a fuck whether, whether they, when they played the Patriots in the playoffs. You know, they never were scared of them. And it was just there were certain teams that could go and do that. And Pittsburgh. Unfor- no, Pittsburgh always got smoked by the Patriots. Did they? I thought always. they beat them a couple times. No, 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 no. New England owns Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Maybe I'm thinking about Baltimore. New England owns Pittsburgh in general. Yeah, it's that bad? Yeah, it's bad. If you go back and look, I mean, outside of like Halloween 2004 – I don't remember the Steelers really ever beating the Patriots in a meaningful game. Because that was the last time that was the that was uh that was the the, the game um Ty Law got hurt and Asante Samuel came in and filled in and that was Cowher, that was Roethlisberger's rookie year, they went fifteen and one, and then they got dusted by the Patriots in the AFC championship game. Remember they the Patriots hung forty on them in their own building? Yeah, Steelers are only one in four against the Patriots all time in the playoffs. Yeah, they're horrible. And let's see, their one win came in what, 97? Oh, oh, I thought it was 07 or something. I think it was 97. It was Cordell well, Stewart. No, no, 07, but it was 07, Cordell 07. Stewart. It was a 7-6 to six game. It was either, yeah, I think it was 90, it was a 95 or 97. I can't remember. Hilchie can Hilchie oh, can. Yeah, 97. The, I thought it was one of their Super Bowl wins. Yeah, it was 7-6 in the divisional round. Hilchie's yeah, got Reese, it. I thought it was one of their Roethlisberger Super Bowl wins. Nope, it's Cordell Stewart and Big Ben, Young <laughs> Pettis. And, and then they went on to lose to Denver at home the next week in the AFC right, Championship. Right, right. So, uh no, the Steelers. The Steelers have been. They've been just raped by the Patriots over and over and over again. Like ask, <laughs> like, like at least as a Broncos fan, I can sit here and be like, yeah, we've gotten the better of the Patriots more times than not. Right. So that's uh, always good. You not know, as not. Elway was Elway was undefeated against the Patriots in his career, so I got that going for me. So from eighty three to ninety eight, I didn't have to worry about losing to the Patriots. So that was cool. You know, we we slipped up a couple of times. Oh three, we slipped up. Uh, you know, oh, what was it? Eight, we slipped up. That kind of sucked. Uh, the Tebow year, we got fucking crushed twice by him. But you know, it was Tim Tebow. And yeah. then the Patriot, the Peyton, the Peyton years were funny because we would lose the Patriots. We lost the Patriots in the regular season all the first three years, but we beat him in the playoffs two out of those three years. And then the third, the fourth year, when Peyton Peyton didn't even play in the regular season game, we beat him, and then we beat him in the AFC Championship, which you were at. But neither here nor there. That was uh, we don't need the history lesson. I'm sure everybody has Google and they can go online and find all this stuff. But this is why you're here. We're here to, you know, we're here to reinvigorate your memory and re-up you and just remind you of all the things that have happened. But my point is this: when it comes to right now the, with the San Francisco 49ers, I feel like, and it kills me to say this because I love Kyle Shanahan. You know, he is there is Denver blood there. It is it is absolutely brutal to think that 
the San Francisco 49ers are just going to be another one of these teams that just kind of like, yeah, man, you had all the talent in the world, everything lined up, one seed, got there, did it, and just didn't capitalize on it. Nah, man. And it, and that sucks because I really loved the Brock Purdy. I loved the Brock Purdy story, even though they call him uh, what do they call him um, in Kansas City? Timu Tom Brady, <laughs> which I fucking died laughing oh, at. Oh, really? I thought that was hilarious. That was a great nickname. Um, but Purdy played okay in that game. He didn't do anything bad. No, just it really like- just came down to the muff punt. And the Niners getting away from the run in the third quarter. I don't know why they decided to abandon the run for a full quarter of that game when Chris McCaffrey was clearly the dominant player on the field. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Chiefs at least held at least somebody that whole game. I mean, they've gone in what? There's three Super Bowls now. The Chiefs have yet to been called for offensive holding. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Least... That's And you know what that reminds me of? It, that reminds me of the Patriots' first run when they went oh, to their three Super Bowls. Yeah. In four AFC playoff games in 03 and 04, okay? Discounting the Super Bowls. So you had 03, you had uh, the divisional round against the Titans, the AFC Championship against the Colts. 04, you had the divisional round against the Colts and the AFC Championship against the Steelers. In both of those games, that vaunted Patriots defense was never once called for pass interference or holding in those four games. They were never once called for defensive holding or, or pass interference, and their offensive line was never called for holding against... Joey Porter, Dwight Freeney, Rasheen uh, Mathis. Uh, you mean to tell me they uh, played Larry perfect Foot. defense yeah. on those crazy so, ass players? Every again, time? this is this is, <laughs> and now we're seeing it again with Kansas City because Kansas City is the new they're the new poster they're the child. New poster child, exactly. They're, they're the new flavor that. of the week. Yep. They're getting three hundred. Yep. How much? Three hundred and sixty or three hundred and eighty million dollars in revenue because Travis Kelsey's banging um, Taylor Swift. Allegedly banging Taylor Swift. Right. You think they had sex? I can't see that. They seem I mean, like an odd couple. They just don't – I can't see it's them. So, and it's so forced, too, when you see them on the field, like, after the games. Like, That's what I'm saying. He's like, oh, she's like, oh, my God, babe, you did it. It's like – Like, I can picture Jordan Poyer, like, clapping Rachel Bush's cheeks. You know what I'm saying? I can't picture Travis Kelsey clapping Taylor Swift's cheeks. I just can't – What cheeks? R- right. I just I just can't – She has no cheeks to be clapped, sir. <laughs> I just can't picture it. It's such an awkwardly weird couple. Because it's I don't so know. and it's so forced. It's just like I don't yeah. know. The whole thing is so just allegedly, fucking stupid. Yeah, but allegedly, like all the revenue and shit that she's brought in, it's like no wonder that they're like shoving all this in your fucking face because the money. Of course, it's, it's all about money, bro. And again, and this goes back to what I was saying about the you know I'm not gonna stop watching the NFL. I'm not gonna. No, of course not. Not gonna be one of those guys that throws the fucking bitch fit in the front seat of my car while I'm driving down the road and fuck this. I'm done. Put with on this your white Oakleys. Fucking done with this shit. It's fucking bullshit. Sins? But I will say this: uh, ever since sports betting has become, uh, ever since the NFL got in bed with Vegas, um, shit's definitely gotten a lot more fucking, a lot more sketchy. A couple questionable things. Going few more. On. Few. Uh, there's <laughs> been. Listen. There's been a lot of questionable calls in my lifetime. A lot of things that have gone either way. And I know you know Vegas has always quietly run sports from you know behind the scenes. But now they're just doing it right out in front of you, and they don't yeah. really care. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's like the Democrats stealing the election. Yeah, I they're mean, just doing it in front just, of your face. They just they say the quiet. Care. They're just saying the quiet part out loud now. Yep, they don't care. But you know, for years, I mean, you go back, and I've said this a thousand times, but go back. If you don't believe me? Go back and watch like a raw satellite feed of a game from like 2010, 2011. Right. You will not see, even though those what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas commercials were the most popular commercials on TV at the time, and they were funny and they were really good. You would never see one during an NFL broadcast. And there was a reason for that. The NFL was trying to distance itself from Vegas right. in a big way. Right. 
they didn't want to be associated they didn't, with. Because they didn't want that Tim Donaghy NBA black cloud hanging over their head all College the time. College basketball type, Yeah, they type didn't want stigma. it. And, they, and it, it, it really got down to the point where they would not even allow Vegas to advertise during their events. Now it's gone a, done a complete 180, and it's just like, fuck it. FanDuel, we got the FanDuel zone at every stadium now. Like, you can Bro. walk into the DraftKings lounge, you know, wherever you Have want. Have you seen the size of them shits at, like, oh. the casinos and oh, shit? Oh, you, oh, you want to throw, you want to come throw some money down? Bro, we got a sports book on site. I, I know, yep. Dude, I saw the DraftKings place in, uh, was it Foxwoods? Yeah, I think it was Foxwoods. And I'm like, look at the size of this fucking place with all the TVs, all the games. They had random fucking shit on. It looked like... It looked like that fucking shit from like Wall Street, like in the like in the stock market, like where people like going nuts, like with all the tickers like yeah. running everywhere and all the yeah, shit. Yeah, you're and on I'm the like, floor in Wall Street. I'm like, what the, with all the games and all the scores, all the shit. It's and insane. It's like fucking like Chinese ping pong and shit. I'm like, what the dude? Fuck? They've got they've got like they've got highlight on. Yeah. At like two in the morning, and they're Who's like, action, bro. They're like, oh, like, this is live in Pakistan right now, and you're like. What? Yeah. But here's the thing. We, I got 20 on the guy in the gold shorts. Yeah, like. <laughs> we got we got we have friends that will bet on that shit on the regular. Of course, but it's degenerate fucking I mean, betting is, is a disease. It it really is. And and everybody is just completely welcome to enter their house. I mean, I'm guilty of it a little bit, but I know when to stop. I mean, I put last year for for all for full transparency, I started betting once once it became legal or whatever April. I think the first thing I ever bet on was the World Baseball Classic. I put like twenty bucks into my fan duel. Oh no, I took the three hundred bucks or whatever it was they matched me on. Right. I bet on. I did a couple parlays on professional darts, and I bet on the World Baseball Classic. And I bet on uh, what's his name there, the fucking shortstop. I forget who he was uh, from. I think it was from Atlanta to hit a home run. He was super hot. And if he hit a home run, and uh, you know, I would, I would, I won one hundred and thirty bucks or whatever. And third inning, boom, turns, sends one over the left field fence. I win 130 bucks. The rest is history, dude. Then I just started putting that money on NASCAR every week. Yeah, yeah. I deposited $125 of my own money into my FanDuel account last year. My total earnings were like $1,600. So that's really good. Like, that's incredibly good for a ratio. Now, I didn't bet a lot. And I, but I was playing with house money all year. I hit the Indy 500. I hit Talladega in the spring. I hit, I mean, six out of seven of slick fucking Willie's wins I hit. <laughs> you know, I was doing all right in terms of making, you know, 180 bucks here, 200 there. I hit Seabell uh, at the Homestead race while I was on vacation. Remember I had you bet for me? I had to, because like, betting wasn't legal in Florida yet? Yeah, well, is it? I thought it still wasn't. It, no, it's still. You can bet in Florida legally. You can you can open up an app, but you have to use the only approved app uh, because the Seminole Indian Tribe only approved the Hard Rock app. So you have to use the Hard Rock app to bet. You can't use FanDuel or DraftKings or MGM or any of those things in the state of Florida, because apparently the Indians, like every fucking other state, like apparently that's like us giving them like I don't know. That's our that's our olive branch, I guess. Like, hey, sorry you guys were such a fucking. You guys were two thousand years behind us and we conquered you. Um, here, why don't you guys own all the gambling rights? To these right. territories, right, right, sound good, yeah. and it's like there's like seven of them left, and they're like, sounds great. Yeah, they're all multi, multi billionaires. billionaires. I mean, it's crazy. So, anyway, ever since the NFL got in bed with Vegas, things have gotten a little bit more shysty, 
And I think everybody can agree on that. But nobody cares, especially if you're a Chiefs fan. Nobody's sitting there caring because they're like, doesn't matter, had sex. Exactly. You doesn't matter, I mean? got the ring. Right. Yep. It's I'm like, not going to be pissed off if the Colts win a Super Bowl somehow in the next couple of years. Listen, if the Broncos win a Super Bowl and it's total fucking bullshit, I mean, I'm still going to stand here with two middle fingers up to everybody else. Of course. Fuck yourself. Fuck you, yeah. Um, because everybody else gets to do it, so why why, why aren't I? And, now, I? and I'll hear the Chiefs fans crying too. Secretly, secretly, I will not enjoy the journey as much. I can promise you that. I'm already not enjoying it as much, the NFL. Yeah, I know. You know, the NFL to me is just becoming kind of a thing that I do because I still love football and I'm You're still right. – Somehow holding, I'm like, I'm hoping against hope that they don't fucking ruin it completely, but I'm just kind of waiting for them to ruin it completely. Yeah, it's like, it's like something fun to do in the winter on Sundays, like, you know. Well, it's more than something fun to do in the winter on Sundays. Like, NASCAR is something fun to do on Sundays during the spring and summer. Now we got F1 back. And, you know, but I could throw on a NASCAR race and go outside, play cornhole, you know, right. chip around the backyard, come in, check on it. Oh, 100 laps in. Oh, who's leading? Okay, where's my guys? Boom. All right, caution. Yeah, oh, let me background. see the highlights. It's perfect. It's like college football. It's great background noise. Like, I, you know, as big as of a NASCAR fan as I am, I, I don't watch like I don't watch I, like college football. I don't watch every lap of every race. Right. You know what I mean? But when it's on, you're like, "Oh, there's a live sporting event going on. Cool." I'll tell you what. I'm entertained. And I feel the same way about college football because yeah. like, I don't give a flying fuck. If like Arkansas is playing LSU on a Saturday afternoon and they're oh. you know twenty four versus unranked, I'm like fucking cares. Right, I care about the big games. I don't have any money on it, and even the big games, I'm like I don't fucking care because even right. the the big games in college football suck most of the time anyway. Yeah, true. And college football, we'll get into that too because that we'll we'll get into that next week because this whole Tennessee versus the NCAA thing has basically rendered the NCAA useless. Yeah, and I think. I, I know for a fact that college football, as we knew it, as we know it, is dead. dead yep. Um, yeah. All this nil shit, right? Isn't yeah. That what well, it is? it's it's a lot to do with the nil shit, but yep. um, yeah, college football is dead. Uh, it is going to be dead. Uh, you will not recognize college football in a couple of years. Um, yeah. But anyway, we'll get back. We'll get into that next week because I need to do more homework on that whole Tennessee case. I only got about I think like ten or thirteen pages in. To the whole ruling and reading through it, and it's so much lawyer jargon in there that like I have a like I had to basically keep like fucking like a thesaurus on the side, <laughs> so I know like kind of like all right, what does that mean again? Okay, um, yeah, Mike, you're you're right. Thursday night football fucking sucks. The international game sucks. Seventeen game seasons suck. Um, it's it's fucking trash. It's just it's they're watering down the product. And like I said, this is eventually the NFL is going to become a sixty four team international flag football league yeah, is, it's gonna suck. is what you're going to get because you know in flag football you can be a great quarterback in a flag football league i mean anybody can do that really i could do that for fuck's sake right i mean some of the best quarterbacks i played against in flag football leagues were like these like fat old guys they just <laughs> knew how to fucking be like meh, meh, meh. right and right. and not you know and stay out of the way um so the because the only way like we said the only way to tackle this problem no pun intended, mm. of, like I said, w- w- name the top five quarterbacks. Name five elite quarterbacks in the league. You can't. You can name three, maybe four. Right. You can't name five, whereas years ago, good. years ago, you used to be like, mm, you know, we'd separate it in like, well, he's top 12, but not top 10. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, we were splitting yeah, yeah. hairs that much. Now we're right. just like. Right, trying to fit guys a, in like Philip the, Rivers There's the shit. top four guys, and then there's just everybody else, and we're like, right. cool, who cares? Right. 
you know, oh, maybe C.J. Stroud will make it there someday, but the jury's still out on that. One yeah. one good rookie season. I mean, how many times have we seen a rookie have a, a good season times. and not really pan out to be great career-wise? You, right. you never know. Deshaun Watson, anybody? <laughs> Ring a bell. You know, granted, I think C.J. Stroud's a little different. He's a man of God. He's a man of faith. He's a man of character. And I think he's uh, I think he's very much mentally on the right track. But you never know. Yeah. You just don't know in this league. I think the Texans hit a good one with him. I think we're fucked for a couple of years to come here with with the AR again. Team. I'm not I'm not ready to uh, I'm not ready to to, put, put to say that. There, I'll yeah. say I was wrong about him his rookie year. But right. I've also seen a lot of rookies come in and do some pretty that cool sophomore things. Sophomore season can be a bitch, bro. Sure can. Sophomore slumps are very yeah, very real. Yeah, believe that. Um, but no, but to the to the whole Mahomes thing, you know, to tie like kind of put a happy little bow on this. Um, Listen, just Mahomes is not the GOAT. Stop, stop. Just stop. Like, if you claim Mahomes is the GOAT or you're calling him the GOAT, I'm going to assume you're either a Kansas City fan or you don't watch football. Or at least you don't watch it with an eye where you're actually looking objectively at it and you're looking at the talent. The kid's got great arm talent. So does Aaron Rodgers. So does Dan Marino. So does John Elway. So does, you know, tons of guys have great arm talent. I mean, right. like, oh, you should, he, can, he can throw it left-handed. And I'm like, yeah, cool. So I've seen that, too. I've seen that done before, too. Yeah. It's, it's cute. It's cute. That's all fine and well. It's been done. But it's been done. It's been done. And, again, the jury is still out on Mahomes. Three Super Bowls in, in five years is fantastic. That's great. It's a, good, it's, it's a phenomenal. Listen, no one's ever taken those away from him. Right. No one's it's ever taken it away from really him. Really good run. But, listen, I've seen, I, I've seen guys do it before. I mean, Tom Brady won three out of five, and he was, like, in his 40s. Right. So. Fuck out of here. You know, uh, <laughs> to say it's not been done before would just be inaccurate. Right. And that's just kind of the way it is. So, um, yeah, no, the jury is still very much out on Mahomes. I mean, he's got to stay healthy for at least another 15 years before we're talking about him in the GOAT conversation. And even if he does stay healthy for those 15 years, what's he going to accomplish in those 15 years? Right. Will the rest of the league catch up? Will the league shift in such a way that, like, all of a sudden they make it easier for the league to catch up to the to the Chiefs? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we're already talking about, you know, they're going to uh, they're basically going to eliminate the hip drop tackle yeah. uh, this offseason, which is just tackling. Um, for those that you don't know, it's like, oh, you've got this six foot seven, three hundred pound tight end. Um, and I'm a 200, uh, 190 pound, five foot nine defensive back. How would you like me to tackle this man, sir? Right. I'm supposed to get him on the ground, right? That's the object of the game. They're like, right. Yes, but we want you to be very careful about how you do it. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Um. Yeah. Fuck out of here, dude. Like, it's again another rule coming from people who don't watch football, and they sit there. And my favorite thing about these people, right, is they're like. When they get mad about these hits and they're like, I don't want to see those hits in these games because I don't want to watch backups play. It's like, cool. Now go actually watch, look at the numbers and determine how many hits guys are actually leaving the games for based on the hits that you want outlawed. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah. uh, and tell oh. me that's the fucking problem. Because that's not the problem. It's right. like, it's like, oh, it. Perfect example is like banning, like people want to ban AR-15s because they want to stop mass shootings. And you're like, cool, 95, like uh, 99.8% of all mass shootings are carried out with handguns. Yep, in gang-related so events. So 0.2% of the mass, 0.02% of the mass shootings you would just, you would get rid of by getting rid of AR, uh, AR-15s. You'd get rid of 0.02% of them on paper, which doesn't mean they wouldn't use another gun. It just right. means they wouldn't be carried out with that one. They're like... And then they immediately revert to the, well, 
isn't one life enough? And you're like, right, but I think you're missing the point. Right, no shit. You're, you're, you're not arguing the point here. You're just going off of emotion and, and anger and, and whatever, and you're basically a woman on her period who's completely irrational. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that's what people are saying about the hip drop. That's how I feel about people who are like against the hip, hip drop yeah, tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you can stop putting names on these tackles. Like, you know, we, we, we call it the horse collar tackle. It wasn't until we started calling it the horse collar tackle they were right. like, "Oh, well, we're gonna ban that." Right. Like right. we always put a name on it before they, but like any time a tackle, a certain style of tackle gets a name, now you, know it's you can pretty much guarantee it's gonna be banned it's in gone. the next five years. Yep, yep. You know it's, it's always gone. the way it goes. Yep. It's just like you know, it's like it's like all these insurance companies started naming winter storms so they didn't have to fucking pay out as much yeah. in insurance. It's like fuck you, you're a bitch. Right. Fucking insurance companies. Biggest fucking scam on the face of the planet. Yeah, it's legally robbing people. I don't know if that's exactly true, but... What? That, like, the, the Winter Storm naming thing and stuff. Yeah, like there's that. something to do with... That's why they name Winter Storms now. Uh, I thought that was just, like, a myth, but either way, I don't know. Nah, it had something to do with insurance. Oh. Don't ask me the full details of it, but, like... Remember when Nemo hit? The winter... We had the Winter Storm. There was the blizzard. We had Nemo, and it was in, uh, what was it? January of 2013. Yeah. And... It was like, why are we naming this blizzard? And they're like, well, because we're naming winter storms now. And we all thought it was like this fun little thing the Weather Channel was doing for fun. And they were like, and then actually, like, you start looking into it and you're like, oh, no, wait, there's insurance implications here. Never mind. Because oh. name storms like hurricanes and things like that. Yeah, there were certain yeah. loopholes the insurance company could use to exploit to not have to pay things. And anyway, it was a bunch of bullshit. But, right, right. But they get away with it because, again, insurance is legal fucking extortion. Um, right. But whatever. We can thank our politicians for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Dicks. Uh, but yeah, that's how I feel about the NFL. Uh, the, the, they, they're just going to keep changing the rules and, and you know trying to legislate the violence out of the game, which is never going to happen. And then eventually they're just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Too many people are getting hurt. And, you know, I'm really mad because this one particular player that I was really looking forward to seeing play in a Super Bowl got hurt. And um, he didn't. So now I am going to uh, outlaw tackling, and we're just going to go to a flag football league. And that's basically what it's going to be. It's coming down to that. I mean, you got fucking crusty old white men like George Mara fucking sitting there saying, like, we're tired of the shit talking. It's like, dog, you're in the booth 200 yards away from the fucking <laughs> field in your you know climate-controlled booth with all your rich, bougie friends. Like, what the fuck do you care what the guys in the field are saying? Well, we're tired of the yapping. Who's tired of the yapping? Not you. You're yeah, not here. You're it. not on the fucking field either. You're not the so one dealing with it. Shut the fuck up. Like, let us talk shit and taunt. Like, this is what we do. It's fun. But again, that's just another fucking white, crusty old billionaires being racist as fuck. Yep, because they're basically saying, like, we're tired of the black people having a fucking platform to say things on. And this is, you know, screw you. Wasn't that the Clippers? No, that was, well, yeah, that was the old owner of the Clippers. Yeah. Well, he was just tired of his girlfriend bringing black guys to the game. And like sitting with the like Magic Johnson, uh-huh. he was like, "Why do you have to sit with those blacks?" And everybody's like, "Ooh, dude, she was recording you." Like, I know that's totally illegal, but yeah, you're gonna have to sell the team now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, bye. Uh, fuck uh-huh. was his name? Um, oh fuck, I can't remember his name. Fucking, he was a typical old white dude. Like, but yeah. he was like, but he was like one of those like like real racist guys. Like, you know, yeah. like he was just like he had, like, he actually had a problem right. with people. And you're like, all right, bro, like, you know, yeah, you need to sell the team. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go. Like, we yeah. yeah. You realize like ninety eight percent of your employees are African American, right? Like, right, right. They're they're kind of the ones making you all the money. Yeah, you know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, but yeah, no, the NFL is just it's it's gone it's gone such the shit. I'm I'm disappointed in it. I'm I'm overly disappointed in it every year. I get excited for it 
not nearly as much as I used to. But I get excited, like, towards the end of August. I'm like, you know, the feast will come and go. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, right, right. we got two weeks of the draft and fantasy. And I feel like the last Super Bowl, like, the last, like, really, like, exciting Super Bowl or a Super Bowl that I got excited for was the the Philly Patriots one. It's been a long time since I've been, like. I was pretty stoked on the, the Rams-Bengals game. That was fun. Because of. I was that was the first Super Bowl I'd had ever in my life where I was like, whoever wins, I'm cool. That's fine. I was I, a very true. stress-free Super Bowl for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, but I like having somebody to root against. I yeah. mean, this game, from a pure entertainment standpoint, this game was fucking phenomenal. I mean, it literally came down it was to the last snap of overtime. Like, there was four seconds on the clock in overtime right. when they snapped the ball and scored the go-ahead touchdown. Like, it wasn't right. a given. Like, if that ball gets knocked down and is incomplete, like, the Niners win that game. Right. That's how close it was. I mean, the Niners had several opportunities on that drive in overtime to end that game, and they just couldn't get it done. So I can't sit here and say it wasn't a great entertaining game. It was. Right. I mean, it gave us almost five full quarters of football. Like, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm not happy with the outcome, but I'm happy with the game. The game itself was good. There was no real blatant bullshit call at the end where they were just like, uh, we want the Chiefs to win, so pass interference. Like there was none of that. It kind of just played out like in a way where you're like, all right, like right. I just I still whatever. can't get over the no holding, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's a little weird. You know, three Super Bowls, no holding calls, especially the, especially the Tampa Bay one. The thing that bugged me out about that stat is like when you go back and watch that Tampa Bay Kansas City game, Tampa Bay was living in the Chiefs' backfield, and you're like, and 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 nobody, nobody fucking. Nobody held? Right. Like, really? Really? Crazy. Like That's what I'm saying. Like, Shaq Barrett was in Mahomes' lap. Right. The whole game. Like, I'm like, how is there no holding in that? Like, uh-huh. that one, I could see, like, all right, this one, like, yeah, there Shit's was. fishy, dog. There was some, you know, Boza definitely got held more than a few times. But, again, though, like, it's the Super Bowl. You're not going to get those kind of, like, chinsy holding calls in the Super Bowl like you would in, say, like, week 12. Right, right. You know, they just they just don't call it historically. They just don't call it as much. But to go three games without an offensive hold, I mean, that's damn near impossible in the NFL. So, what are we like? Really, what are we doing? What are we? Do? Oh, so like you get to the Super Bowl and like holding doesn't count anymore? Right. Is that what we're saying? All right. Well, it's so blatant. Wish I'd known. I mean, I'll plan for that next year. You know. Right. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's that's our Super Bowl thoughts. I mean, I think. Pretty much, you know, what's been said about the game has been said about the game. There's really nothing right. we're going to add to it other than great game, disappointed in the outcome, but is what it is. I mean, I guess cool it sets it up for, you know, another year of, like, just being able to loathe the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, because, like, if 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 the Chiefs aren't the most loathsome team in the NF in sports right now, like, I don't know who is. Like, maybe if, like, you're really, you really fucking hate the Dodgers and, like, Shohei Otani goes there, like, now you're all butthurt about that. Like, yeah, but I don't even think anybody really hates them. Anybody but who hates the Dodgers, like, outside yeah, of, like, the Giants fans and, you know, Angels fans? And I'm pretty sure that the, the Chiefs take the cake on the most hated sports team in America right now. That would be an interesting poll. I think that would be. I think who is the most hated, who is the most hated sports team in America? The Kansas City Chiefs or other? Right. Like Kansas City Chiefs or the field, right? Who do you hate? It, I'm it, taking the Chiefs. I mean, it'll still be. I think it'd still be the Patriots for me. 
because yeah, but they ain't winning anymore. So like, you gotta understand that 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 drops them yeah. off for a lot of other people like around the country. It does. No, you're right. For the for me, it's still the Patriots will always be the Patriots. Yeah, but the Chiefs have always been a one A for me. In terms of most hated, like fucking Donnie Edwards and his stupid fucking long sleeves and his grass alley. I've always hated the Chiefs because I can't stand their fucking McDonald's colors. I, I hate. Shit, the, I know. I, so I hate their lame, colors. Dude. I hate their fucking stadium. I hate every. I just. I hate everything about the Chiefs. I hate right. Priest Holmes. I hate Larry Johnson. I hate Mighty Mouse. I hate Donnie Edwards. Right. I hate Dante Hall. I hate Trent Green. Like I wish nothing but all the bad things would happen to them and nothing and only them. But that being said. Patriots still take the cake. Their demise is still just the sweetest thing to me. I can't wait till Sean gets back because <laughs> I want to talk about this. We'll shift gears a little bit. We'll stay in the NFL, but we'll shift gears to the Patriots just a little bit. Because I I cannot wait until oh, I can hate Derek Thomas plenty, Mike. Don't worry. And I do. <laughs> um I can't wait till Sean gets back because the way the way the the crafts and the Patriots organization are painting Bill Belichick on his after he's already out the door and like painting him in this just insanely negative light has got to be the most. This is why I fucking hate Boston. I hate the media. I hate the fans. I hate your fucking teams. I hate everything about you because you are shitting on the greatest coach of all time on his way out the door. Right, that gave you six fucking rings. And the the biggest, the funniest fucking thing about it is they're like, yeah, we got six rings, but like, should have had ten. We would have had ten if it wasn't for Belichick's arrogance. Yeah, we had six rings, but it wasn't any fun. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we, we didn't have fun doing it. Oh, that's a stinky boy. It's like we didn't have any fun doing it. Like, oh, it was so miserable. The players were miserable. I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck how miserable the players are. I don't care about the players being happy. I care about the players winning Super Bowls. And what did the Patriots do more than anybody in the last 20 years? Win Super Bowls. So I guess that means you can just shut the fuck up. I mean, right? It's so funny because the Patriots, you know, when you talk about like Brady versus Manning, right? They'll sit there and be like, Brady's got seven rings. Manning's got two. Slam dunk. I'm like, yeah, but did Brady and his boys have fun winning those seven? Right. Or did Peyton and his boys have fun winning those two? Because if you had fun winning the two, that's really like 15. Right. But you didn't have fun winning the seven, so that's like less than one. Right. Like a half of one. Half of one. So I guess Manning really does have more rings than Brady. Right. Because Manning's teams had fun when they did it. Right, right. And that's what's important now. Right. At least according to, uh, uh, what's her name there, that fucking bitch from the Boston Globe. Um, God, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. A fucking old reporter lady. Sean knows exactly what I'm talking about. I can't think. I can see her stupid fucking face. <laughs> but anyway, the, all these all these people covering the Patriots, and they're like, you know, and this is so Jonathan Kraft doing this. Like yeah, you know, yeah. and you got you got that documentary that came out. I haven't watched all of I it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Either. We're gonna we're gonna have to watch it. We're gonna hate watch it, and yeah. it's gonna be funny because it's gonna prove to me everything that I already knew about the Patriots, yeah, it and it's just gonna confirm everything I thought about their fans and their shitty fucking team and their shitty organization. Yeah, and that Belichick was the only glue holding that shit together. And now that he's gone, you got Gerard Mayo out there being like, "Oh, you know, we want to have a really good relationship with the media." Really, dude. Start the season two and six or two and four. And and see how fucking see how good your relationship is with that media, bro. Right. Yeah. Well, you'll learn real fucking quick. Yeah. And they're hiring just like this assortment of like shitty retread coaches, and the Patriots are going to be really bad for a really long time. 
I mean, even the fucking fact that they got Ron Wolf's kid, Elliot Wolf, as their new like GM or whatever. Right. And he's like, yeah, man, I learned a lot from my dad when he was the Packers GM. And it's like, what? That you just want to be relevant, but you don't care about winning? Because that's what the Packers do. Right. You've heard us say it on this show a million times. The Packers' MO is... We don't care about winning Super Bowls. We just want to be relevant. Right. Now, they don't say that, but if you look at their draft picks, their free agent signings, how they go about business, right. that is exactly what they do. And it started with Ron Wolf, Elliot's dad, when he brought in Brett Favre and basically was like, we built one good team. Oh, two good teams. We went to back-to-back Super Bowls. That's good enough, isn't it? Right. Isn't that? Look at what I've done for you. Right. I brought you to back-to-back Super Bowls. It's like, yeah, dude, it's been like 15 years. Old. And it's like, nah, dude, like, we want more. Like, you had Brett, fuck, think about this. The Packers had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They have two Super Bowl wins to show for it. For 30 fucking years. Colts kind of had some. 30 years, they had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they got two wins to show for it. Yeah. But the Colts, at least the Colts tried. Right. Andrew Luck's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, though. No, he's not. So. He was on pace, but he's not. Right. He just didn't play long enough. Nope. And he was hurt too often. Yeah. So, okay yeah. when anybody says he had the talent to be, of course. Sure, of course he did. Andrew he, Luck was he on. He would have been there. If know. he was still playing right now, we'd be like we'd be talking about Aaron, 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 Andrew Luck, the first ballot Hall of Famer. Right. He'd, probably, he'd probably have a had, Super Bowl or two. I would have had one or two by now. I mean, yeah. he definitely he definitely wouldn't have blown that twenty four nothing lead the Texans blew against the Chiefs a couple years ago in the playoffs. Yep. Andrew, and Andrew Luck. As a matter of fact, Andrew Luck would have been the guy who engineered the twenty four point comeback. No shit. It would have been it would have been a different story if he had stayed one more year. That year going in that he left, I think, was their best chance. They had one of the best teams. Was that that was the last year before COVID? That was nineteen, right? Yeah. Or was it eighteen? Eighteen. 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 Yeah. So right at the beginning of the Mahomes era, we could have had Luck Mahomes. You know, once a year that'd have been fucking. Yeah, that would have been a battle. That'd have been something. Um, but no, it's. I, I can't wait till Sean gets back because I want to go. I want to deep dive into this whole fucking thing about, uh, you know, the, the the Patriots, the documentary that came out, which is basically just a giant hit piece on Belichick. Right. I don't understand why they're doing this though. because they. Like. It, it's crazy because because it's Jonathan Kraft, and I hate to tell you, Patriots fans, the 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 reign of Jonathan will be long and arduous, and you will rue the day. You sent Bill Belichick packing, and you will rue the day Bobby Kraft got too old to run the I team. I think like Marvin Lewis got a better send-off in Cincinnati than fucking Jeff Fisher got I a better know. send-off from the know. Tennessee I Titans. Know. They were like, we never went above 500 ever. Yay, I was here for 15 years or some shit. Yeah, it's crazy. unbelievable, dude. I'm like, what are they doing? And the, the way they're just shitting on Belichick going out the door is just fucking insane to me. It just goes to show I mean, you even know. Gerard Mayo making like these subtle little comments about like you know his relationship with the media and how important it is and, you know, the last regime was, you know, was was very harsh on the media. Right, and we don't want right. to do that. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck. Um, up. You might want to do exactly what the last regime did because the last regime went to ten Super Bowls over twenty years. Right. You might want to. Coach they played f- on Super Bowl Sunday almost fifty percent of the time right. that they were active. So you might want to fucking do that. Yeah. Coach a fucking game first. How about that? Yeah. Coach a fucking NFL game as the head coach first before you start talking shit about the, the greatest guy who came before, the greatest head coach of all time. Yeah, like, like we on. get it. You know, yeah, Jonathan Kraft has all the fucking faith in the world in you until you go fucking four and ten, yep. and he's like, hmm. And who are they going to get for a quarterback? Because they're getting rid of Mac Jones, aren't they? Uh, it's still up for debate. I mean, I, come on, dude. I mean, you've got Baker Mayfield, who's going to be a free agent. The best, the best three options right now is number I one. Number one option, I think, would be Atlanta. For Brother Baker, the touchdown maker. 
Uh, and then I think you would have to look at the Raiders and the Patriots as the next two landing spots. I don't like that. I want him to stay. I want everybody to stay intact in Tampa because I like that team. No, he needs to get the fuck out of Tampa. Think so? Yeah. Tampa's not. Tampa's on the. They're, they're, Godwin and Evans are out of there. They're soon, gone. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. B- Baker Mayfield will rot in in Tampa. hell in Tampa. He's. I mean, think about it, dude. That this that division won. that division was historically bad, and they barely eked it out. Right. Right. Tampa ain't Tampa ain't it, dude. Like Nine. you know, Mike Evans is probably gone. Godwin's probably gone. We Shaq might. Barrett, they already said they're let, they're letting him go. Yeah. Tampa's got to make a lot of moves, dude. Like this and they. Indy's got a lot of cap space. I wonder if we're gonna try and make a move for Evans. I mean, Mike Evans gonna be a hot commodity. You know, but for for you know wide receiver star of teams, but and I, I, like again, as good as Mike Evans is, though, like are you old, man. are you really gonna want to go out and throw the bag at him? Right, when you can get somebody in there. No, I, I think I'd rather just go in the draft, build from build on some, or you know, get some younger, unproven guys and give them a chance to prove themselves. Like, right. you know, I mean, Puka Nakua, perfect example. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. You Solid. know what I mean? Like, you don't, you know, uh, Tank Dell, Tutu Atwell. You know, there was tons of young guys that came up this year that, you know, were on nobody's Maybe radar. Not one of the better ones, but Josh Downs was pretty impressive. Josh Downs, yeah. Got to keep him from the cold. We got definitely got to keep him. So sure. you've got plenty of guys out there that are available. I mean, wide receivers again. No wide receiver has never, you know, they've never won you a Super Bowl. Right. You've never gone out and been like, holy shit, that guy put the game on his this back. Was a, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. we saw To try in 2004. That didn't yeah, work. Yeah, maybe Cooper Cup is like the closest one to do that. But even, even still, then, he was getting overshadowed by Odell, Odell until he got hurt. Right, right. So, I mean, it. Listen, I like wide receivers, but wide receivers are for. You know where Mike Evans would look great? Somewhere like Dallas, or Buffalo. You know, where you could go pair him like with Stephon Diggs or CD Lamb and right, be like, right. oh shit, like now we got two legit ones on the outside. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Get, get, a wide receiver is, is one of those those pickups that you make. Like, if you're just, if you're like right on the cusp, you're like, we love the team we've got. We just need that one added thing. Like, what can we do? And you finally whittle it down and you're like, you know what we could do? We got the money. We could make this work. We brought this guy in. Do you think it would be beneficial? Yep. You fall in love with the idea. Boom. Next thing you know, there you go. There you go. So, and that brings me to my next point: uh, the running backs that are going to be available. Don't smoke crack. No. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> uh, the running backs that are going to be available. You got some big name running backs: Austin Eckler, uh, my chocolate stud pony, Derrick Henry. Yep. Yep. Saquon Barkley. Yep. They. Yep. Uh, who else was the uh, Josh Jacobs? And there's one more I'm missing. That's uh, set to be available. Joe Mixon was it? Nope. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It'll yeah. come in. But anyway, those four. Uh, oh, Tony Pollard. Thank you, Mike. Um, oh, Pollard. Word. He's another one. Uh, those guys did not get franchised today, so yeah. they're all going to be unrestricted free agents. Yep. Um, listen, there are some moves to be made here. Now, running back, again, is another one of those positions. We've seen it just go off a cliff right. in terms of you know salary-wise. I don't. I don't know who's going to end up with who, but could you imagine like Derrick Henry in Dallas? That'd be ridiculous. I mean, pretty good fit, right? That'd be dope. You know, uh, Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders are going to have to figure out a way to keep him in the building if they're going to try to if they're going to try to do well. Right. But if like 
I don't know. You're the Kansas City Chiefs, so you looking like you must. You're probably sitting there looking and being like, "Hey, if Austin Eckler's available, that's what I was just saying. Like, probably grab Dude, him on the. Imagine him as a one-two punch with Pacheco. Pacheco, Pacheco, because Edwards Alaire is going to be out the door. You bring right. in Eckler as kind of a fill-in guy. I think that could do a lot. That could work. Right. Um, he fits that type of scheme for the for the Chiefs that fast. Like, and then Saquon. Know. I mean. Again, Saquon's one of those guys that you're like, all right, like, if he's healthy, he's great. The problem is, is if he's healthy. Right. But if he's healthy, could you imagine, like, like a team like Philly, who just wants to run the, or Baltimore, who are going to run the fucking ball a shit ton anyway? Yeah. I mean, granted, Baltimore won't run it when it matters. Yeah. They'll run it all regular season, then they'll get to the AFC Championship. And they'll be Lamar like, will stand in the pocket like, for oh, eight what's, seconds. Oh, what's that, go. Kansas City? Are uh, you guys susceptible to the run? We're going to throw it 60 times. We're going to hand the ball off three times to our number one. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to beat you. Mind games. Yeah. Uh, But those teams, I think, would look like, even with Derrick Henry on, you know, all these guys are kind of interchangeable. Right. Eckler, I feel like, is kind of one of those guys where he's going to go somewhere. Again, like Buffalo could use a guy like Eckler, like as a change of pace guy who's not going to be, you know, you don't need him to be a bell cow. But you just want to pair him up and have that duo in the backfield, right. you know. Uh, so those there's a lot there's a lot to be said for those guys being available. Right. Again, I don't I don't know that they necessarily like they're not going to win a team. They're not going to go to the Denver Broncos and all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're, yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, that's yeah, yeah. They're, they're that level of a team. The, yeah. This isn't Peyton Manning going to the Broncos. No. No. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but like this is I'm like saying like the, those teams like those those are the teams are still kind of far like a couple years away if everything goes right they're they're a couple years away from adding those guys. Yeah. Like those level of teams. Right. Like the Raiders, even if the Raiders do keep Josh Jacobs, like they're they're not going to be they're going to be in the mix for what? 8 9 wins next year maybe. Maybe. Yeah, are they getting rid of Jimmy? Oh yeah, Jimmy's gone. Jimmy, so who's their quarterback next year? <laughs> Fucking exactly. So you know what I mean? they don't have they a quarterback. Have a four win fucking season. They got an unproven rookie, you know, uh, interim head coach, AP. Oh yeah, 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 Pierce for the coach. So, yeah, yeah, I so thought you were talking about the quarterback. I was. They're like, not. They're not going to be real. They're not going to be anybody's contenders. Uh, to, you know, in terms of like serious contenders, they'll be enough to ruin your day, but they're not going to be like a team that you're like, oh yeah, they could make a Super Bowl run or even a deep playoff run. Um. But so you might, you know, they might not want. I mean, they're oh, not, that's right. They got that Aiden O'Connell kid. Aiden O'Connell, thank you. They're I, gonna I, ride him out though, and they got they got Hoyer for third and Anthony Brown, whoever the fuck that is. Yep, pretty much, exactly. Whoever the fuck that is. So they're getting rid of fucking Garoppolo, and then they got old ass Brian Hoyer who ain't doing shit, and then they got Anthony Brown, whoever the fuck that is. Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, if Aiden O'Connell's your answer at quarterback, I'd love to know what the question is. Yeah, you know, but. Neither here nor there, but they, I don't know. So I don't know if the Raiders will ultimately keep, you know, Josh Jacobs in the in the in the building for the money that he could command. Because I think honestly, I think he's going to probably get the biggest contract out of all of them. Yeah, he's got the most production with the least amount of miles. Right. Oh, he's a backup for Oregon. That's right. Yeah. So. Right. Right. I think that'd make. I think Josh Jacobs is the going to be the highest paid one out of the bunch, even over Derrick Henry and, and Saquon. That being said, I don't know that, you know, what's a good fit for Philly might not be a great fit for Dallas and vice versa. So we'll see how these GMs decide which guy ends up being their guy. Um, But, yeah, 
I, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's we're coming up on a fascinating portion of the year. Uh, now with the franchise tag, get the combine wrapping up. Yeah. And free agency starts what the thirteenth, I believe it is March thirteenth. Damn, coming. Up. So like we're a couple days. I can't wait to see the changes this year. Honestly, I can't. I love yeah. this. I fucking love this time of the year when all of a sudden like. The fucking gun goes off, dude, and it's like, all right, first transaction of the year. You see somebody getting traded yep, March, March 13th, 13th yep. at 4 p.m. That's when the trade trade opens. That's, That's free agency. Free agency, I mean, yep. sorry. So Russell Wilson will be a free agent. He's going to get cut. Uh, I don't I don't see the Broncos. They're just going to take that cap hit. They're going to have to. What is that, 40-something million? Sean Payton, did you hear Sean Payton? Sean Payton came on, and he was on Radio Row. He's on uh, Shine on Sports on Radio Row. And they asked him about Russell Wilson and his relationship. And he basically fucking, like, threw Russell Wilson under the bus. Really? And, like, you look back at it and you're like, Pete Carroll couldn't wait to get rid of him. All the rumors of guys hating him in, you know, in Seattle. Granted, I I think a lot of that was overblown, but there was some truth to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, again, I defended Ross and I said, you know, he hasn't forgot how to throw a football. Right. But, you know, the the fit with, it's a square, it's a, it's, it's a round peg in a square hole with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Right. They're just not compatible. Those guys, like Sean Payton would have never chose Russell Wilson to be his quarterback. Right. Would never. And and since the Broncos are going to ride with Payton, they want, he then wants him to have his guy. They're going to get his guy. And that's how that's going to go. So Russell Wilson will be a free well, agent. that could be pretty fucking exciting for you to see who might be coming down the fucking pipeline for the Broncos this offseason. I'm hoping it's either uh, Bo Nix J.J. McCarthy or uh, the kid from um, UNC there, uh, was it Drake get, May? I think going to get bone eggs. That is going to be your best bet in the draft. The best, the thing, the good thing about the Broncos is everybody's like, oh, they should move up to get a quarterback. I'm like, no, no, I don't want Caleb Williams, and I don't want the no. other the other kid. Penix. That, uh, Penix, no, too injury prone. And the other, um, Jaden Jaden Daniels, Daniel, yep. too in, uh, too too small, too frail. I'm all set with that. I don't want I don't want guys that are. I don't want another Bryce Young. Right. And it's not a knock on Bryce Young. I think he's got everything upstairs. I think just physically he's lacking. He's just small, man. Yeah. I don't want another midget quarterback running around, you know, who's always oh, so athletic. I like I don't care if that right. shit fades. Yeah, look at Kyle Murray. I want I, I I will I will take a mediocre athlete who can read a defense and be super accurate with his ball. Bone X. And he's actually a good athlete. And he's a great athlete. Great athlete. But I don't even know, like I I'd be fine with I'd be fine. Bone X is my number one pick. You would be it's either him or um, uh, what's the kid from um, uh, Drake May. Drake May. It's, I like it, McCarthy too, dude. McCarthy would be number three for me. Yeah. It's Bonix and 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 May kind of one and one a. Who's that kid from the Seminoles uh, from Florida? Who is that? The kid who got hurt. Uh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's declared. Oh, okay. I don't think he's got another year left. But um, yeah, but he's he's Jane Daly, but he's frail. He's skinny. I don't. I don't want tall, skinny, fucking no. I don't. I don't want that. You I'm need all a set. House. Yeah, house. I don't. Uh, nope. That that shit doesn't last in the NFL, dude. No, it, it just doesn't. doesn't work. I don't. I don't care about tall. I want a guy that can. Yes, I want a guy that can win from the pocket. That's if you good. if you got to rely on your legs, you're not going to win. Well, that's because exactly you you need a not guy that can win from the pocket because the only way you're going to win is from the pocket. Yeah, this is the NFL. Like yeah. you're not just going to outrun guys to the corner and hit them for the you no. know, nine yards for the first down. Like right, nope, this not is magic fucking cd lamb in college plays where like fucking circus catch you know what i'm saying like yeah this no, is uh, yeah. uh what did that fucking idiot for the patriots say there's no show ponies and beef uh zolak 
You know, we get the where's the beef during the show parties? Fucking oh, no. one of his idiot calls. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I'm all set with that. So I'd, I'd prefer Bo Nix or JJ uh, or Drake May or JJ McCarthy. Those are the three guys I want. Penix was up there on my list, but again, he's just another guy that can't stay healthy. I liked Penix a lot. I love his deep ball. I love his arm strength and his accuracy. I just don't want a guy that's going to be, you know, fucking on the sidelines all the time and just getting, you know, overwhelmed in this league, you know, by by injuries and guys getting getting hit and just being, you know, no, I'm all set. And and I know, no, I said I didn't mean Bryce Young in terms of like his height. I meant in terms of like his how skinny he is and frail. Like you just you look at you look at the kid from LSU and you're just like, no, dude, that kid's gonna get broken. Sorry, I'm all set. Bonix six two two sixteen. That's fine. I'm okay so, with that. That's he's not. He can you can add size to that. What's uh what's um the kid from LSU? What's Jaden Daniels? I know he's six foot four, but. Six four two ten. Yes, that's skinny, dude. That's skinny for six ten. Uh, for six, six four. four. That's lanky as fuck. Yeah, that's frail. six ten. You need to be like two forty five, dog. Yeah. What was what was what was Cam Newton? Oh, Cam Newton was a Cam Newton was a fucking monster. He was a house. I mean, you saw him fucking take on three dudes at that fucking passing camp this weekend. <laughs> Beat their fucking asses. He didn't I even know. he even lose his fruity ass hat. Six five two forty five. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's, that's a big dude. fucking dude. Big Ben, same thing. Like, yep. I want I, if you're gonna be that tall, like, cool. You got the height, but like, dog, you gotta add the beef. And if you take, you know, some of these guys, you add the size to them, you take away what makes them good, which is their mobility. Anthony Richardson, six four, two forty five. Beast. Big motherfucker. Yeah, Big Even Ben, same thing. Phil Riv- Phil, Philly Rivers was a big dude too. Was he? Yeah, you, you know, he had some. He had some fucking. He had some girth to him, dude. He wasn't a. He wasn't no frail ass bitch. Six five two twenty eight. Yeah, two thirty. You know what I mean? And that's probably on the lighter side. That was probably you know after his off season cut. You know. Yeah, yeah. He was probably played more of like two thirty five, two forty. You know, those guys were big. They were tough. I mean, that's what makes it tough. And like, the thing is, in this league, like if you're a skinny dude like that. Ben Roethlisberger, 6'5", 241. Yeah, big. I mean, I've seen Big Ben in person. I've walked right by Big Ben from, like, closer than me and you are right now. Yeah. And that was right after his rookie year, and that dude was a fucking house. Big, big. Like, dude. that dude made me feel small. Right. You know what I mean? I'm 6'3". I mean, at the time, I was, like, 235. But I was, like, two inches shorter than him and, you know, maybe 15, 20 pounds lighter. Even Dak, Pres- even Dak Prescott at 6'2", he's still 229, 230. So that's a Jaden bit. Daniels is six four at two ten. Dude, he's basically a receiver. Prescott is two inches shorter and got thirty uh, got 20, 30 pounds on twenty. Now, not to say on. that Daniels can't add size and and of course, of and course. muscle and and do but, it, but at what cost? Because is it gonna is it gonna hinder his game? His right. mobility? Does it affect gonna, the way he plays? Yeah, does it affect the I don't know. So I'm all set with Jaden Daniels. I mean, if we end up with him, I guess whatever, fine, but. I, I won't be as thrilled about it as if we end up with Knicks or McCarthy or or uh, Drake May. Even Penix, I would prefer. I'd rather if you were going to tell me like, are right, you going to have Jaden Daniels or Penix? Caleb Williams, six one two sixteen. He's a tiny ass bitch. Oh, Caleb Williams is a fucking bitch. I'm sorry. Caleb yes. Williams has got he's got Jamarcus Russell level, Kyler Murray level boss written all over yep. him. Yep. I think I think I think he is going to be the next Kyler Murray. 
Because, I mean, Kyler Murray, like that dude, he's like, he's got one foot on a banana peel, the other one out the door in Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone before the season starts in, in Arizona. He likes to bitch, and he's not even in the big leagues yet, bro. What the fuck are you doing? No. I think Jay, I think uh, I, I think Williams is going to be the same. Very, very similar along those lines. Who the fuck's a Houston quarterback? Stroud? Stroud. Stroud's a big kid. He's a pretty big kid. I love how I've done height and weight enough times. All I got to do is like type the name, and yeah. it's like height and weight, and I just go right to it. 6'3", 218. Yeah, he's, he's a bigger kid. Justin Fields, 6'3", 227. Justin Fields was a big dude. Like, he had some some muscle to him. Bryce Young, 5'10", 205. That's yeah, Bryce Young's a midget. He's another Kyler Murray. And again, like, Kyler Murray might have the strongest arm in the league. And I'm not even saying that, like, joking. Kyler around. Murray? Yeah, like, he might have the biggest, like, as far as a hand cannon goes. Right. Kid might have one of the fucking fastest fastballs in the league outside of maybe, like, Josh Allen. And... Yeah, what does it do? What does it do for him? Justin Herbert, six six two thirty six. That's pretty big. That's a big dude. It's big. He's got a big fucking arm. Yeah, won't be surprised. You if see he, him I will. I will be surprised if he is out of L. A. You think they're gonna let him? Go? I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh says, "Not my guy, not my guy." I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I, I'm not you saying. See him throw like sixty five yards. I'm not saying it's gonna be. I'm not saying it's gonna <laughs> happen. I'm just saying I won't be surprised if yeah. it does. Or I won't be shocked. I'll be surprised, but I won't be shocked. Do you think shocked. LA? Do you think they're dumb enough to ride with that though? To let him go? They're getting no, I rid of. I, one I think. Of the, I think it depends on what Harbaugh is going to want to do. He's a top ten quarterback. He's going to have to assess the roster, right? But you, here's the thing. Like you said, outside those top three, outside those top three, everybody's everybody's jobs interchangeable. Is, yeah, man, your seat's always hot. Yeah. Uh, unless you're Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, or Joe Burrow, your job ain't safe tomorrow. Right. You know, we could they could he could trade him tomorrow for three first round picks. Yep. You know, if if the Denver Broncos called and said we'll give you uh, our first this year, our first next year, and you know, Pat Sertan and and take and Russ a, too, <laughs> second or third, and Russell Wilson, they'd be like, and they were like, okay, like yeah, yeah, all right, we'll do that. Like you know, and they would. Right. I'm just saying. For the right price, anybody is available. Oh, of course. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm not. I shouldn't even be floating it out there. Like I think it's going to, because I don't think it's going to. But I could. Could you not see Harbaugh going in there and having a very Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick type moment in L.A. where like, yeah, we, you know, I inherited this fucking Herbert guy, but I drafted this other kid, and I really like this kid behind him. And you know, even though Herbert's seven and zero and went out with a concussion, and we're undefeated. We're going to give the job over to the rookie, the backup, and he's going to go in and do the things that I want him to do and the way I think we need to win, and then we're just going to keep Herbert on the bench and we'll get rid of him next year. Oh, you may be asking yourself, how? Do, how that's an oddly specific scenario. Yeah, because this is exactly what happened to Alex Smith. Alex Smith was undefeated as the starter when he went down with a concussion and Kaepernick stepped in. It's not like Alex Smith lost his job you know, because of injury. Designed. He didn't. No, he lost his job because of injury. Like he didn't lose his job because of performance. They were seven and zero. Right now, granted, we all knew that that was like kind of like a paper tiger. We we're like, yeah, right. They're seven and zero, but like, really, right, right, right really. Right. <laughs> Come on, we know this shit ain't gonna end well. Like right. we saw this two, you saw this last year against the Giants, didn't end well. Yeah, granted, not Alex Smith's fault, but you you know what I'm saying. But yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen a guy who got you know went out with injury after starting the season undefeated. Yeah, yeah, and never got his job back. You know, and got traded that offseason to Kansas City. Like That's it crazy. Released and went to Kansas City and ended up with Andy Reid. And, and, and then he ended up getting replaced by some guy named Mahomes. So, you know, fucking sucks to suck, I guess. But 
Alex Smith, great, good guy, great guy, great analyst too. Not a bad analyst. I actually do enjoy listening to him, but yep. uh, neither here nor there. Um, all right, let's shift some gears here, Paul. Zuzuzu. Let's see, where, where are we at for time here? That was me shifting gears. Um, what we, do you mean? Uh, let's see, we're at an hour and a half, so we got about a half hour left here. Um, I want to get into a little bit of racing because this has been... As you know, I have been just so fucking happy that football season is over. NASCAR season is upon us. It, NASCAR season is here. F1 is upon us. Um, I don't even give as much of a fuck about F1 as I do about NASCAR. Oh, everybody's already bitching at F1 that Red Bull is just going to fucking dominate and run away with it again. We've yeah, probably. Have. No, they are. They're already bitching. Yeah, well, that's because it's probably going to happen. I mean, that's that's the problem. Until next year, when the new rules really kick in, yeah, when they want they, to fuck for stab, they change the cars. They're they're changing the cars up this year. They changed a lot of the rules, um, but next year I think is like when they start like the salary cap era, if you will, for F one and F one, and that should level things out because again, like honestly, I don't want to see one team run away with it. It's boring, you know, and. F one for get that. as good as as great of a form of racing as it is, and as skilled as those drivers have to be, it just feels like if it doesn't matter who Red Bull puts in the seat, they're going to win. You know what I mean? Like if you put right. Fernando, if you change out Fernando Alonso with Max Verstappen, what's the drop off? Probably nothing. If you put if you put Lewis Hamilton in Red Bull nah, instead of Max Verstappen, nah, nah, what's nah, the drop off? Nah, nah. Don't don't. I wouldn't say that it's the car that much Verstappen really, is an extremely talented because it's not like it's dude, not you, all right look at Checo finished second this year but Perez you, finished second with the same equipment as Verstappen and he finished second he finished runner up the Verstappen a bunch of times mostly by design because he was out there basically to right, to right. be the block car for, for Verstappen a lot of the times and we we know that because he audibly bitched about it all year right and it's why he's probably going to be out of a ride next year yeah. because now that Lewis Hamilton's vacating that seat at Mercedes after this year and going to Ferrari that that that's going to open up some big that's some big shit right right so yeah well Verstappen listen I'm not taking anything away from Verstappen he's great He's not Senna. He's not Schumacher. No, they say that his um. He's great. I was watching some shit about. I think it was. I can find the video somewhere or whatever. But when they when they talk about like his reaction times and his uh, just like the way that yeah, he's, he's elite. Yeah, the he's way the that elite he uh, elite. yeah when he flicks and shit and okay, but he can flick cool. like nobody. Like they say, go, shit's nutty with him. Go go put him in a fucking Williams. And and go compete and then go prove it. I, I I think it's gonna come to that eventually. But he's but the, here's the thing: you put you put Max in a Williams, right? And you put fucking I don't know, Ocon but in the we, Red Bull, and yeah. Ocon's gonna fucking finish fucking fat higher than Verstappen every single week. Yeah, but the, the the guy who designs the Red Bull cars is be rumored to go to fucking Ferrari after this. Yeah, because they, of that bullshit that's going down with um, what's his fucking face? Uh, Christian Horner. Christian Horner. Did you All know? The, and do you know? You know his wife is Ginger Spice, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. What's with these guys, dude? That's awesome. Yeah. Like, dude, you fucking you're nailing Ginger Spice. Yeah. Well. And some other people apparently. Apparently, too. allegedly, Who allegedly, knows? we don't right. know. He sent I a heard, dick pic to a fucking colleague. I heard or something. I heard it uh, that the the shoe is about to drop on that any day now. Like, they're waiting for that. The investigation's over. They yes. have all the. They, they got have all what their they, they have what they want. And uh, as far as I was going, one of the one of the F one accounts I follow on Twitter, yeah, 
was reporting that that is going to come that's going to come out very right. soon but i think regardless of whatever but he's dude he's i mean he's banging ginger spice but bro. there's a lot of bullshit between red bull right now with with horner verstappen and well the thing me. is egos get in the way all the time guys want to win guys want to win more i mean well, i don't know the what thailand owner that is back in Christian Horner, but he owns 51% of Red Bull in the company. It's the other people that want Horner yes. out of there because they want to put somebody else in. And that means the designer, who's the best in the world, is thinking about peacing out because if Horner goes, he's gone. And, they're saying and, if, he goes, room, and if he goes to Ferrari, Ferrari with Lewis with Hamilton, Hamilton, done. See you later. Eight championships and coming. Another one. Exactly. Add another one. Because yep. Lewis Hamilton ain't done driving. No. Dude can it's still just fucking they ran ball. into some problems with the car, and Red Bull just had the best designs by, by far. Right, because again, what do I say all the time, Paul? This year, the, the 2024 F1 Championship was won in a lab back in 2019. Yep. And you just don't know it because you don't wait because you got to wait because the technology doesn't come out, and and then it does, and once it hits the track, you're like, oh shit. Um, right. But I'm excited for F1. I want there to be a more balanced field in F1. I want to see, you know, McLaren and Williams and Raynal and, and Aston Martin and all these other teams be able the to compete t- yeah. with Red Bull and Mercedes and Ferrari on a week-to-week basis. It's more fun. Of course. You know, and I want to see the Alpine team fucking win and shit. Hell yeah, you know I mean? dude. Like, I want to see I want to see Yuki Tsunoda be running up there in the front. Yeah. You know, not because he's got the best equipment, but because the equipment's all the same. Everybody's got more or less the same shit. It's just the driver. And now. he's just it's the drivers. Right. And again, and this is why I love NASCAR as and I look at NASCAR as the superior form of auto racing in terms of a fan standpoint. Right. Now, it might not be the most superior in terms of technology, you know, quick reaction times. Granted, you gotta have those too. I mean, you're a fucking race car driver dude like right. you're moving at 200 miles an hour yeah. 200 miles an hour in a formula one car is 200 miles an hour in a cup car i don't, I don't you know, right. you're right. still nascar is more you're like, still covering a football field a second no matter yeah. how you spin it right so right. whatever happens in that football field you got to react to it nascar to me is more driver versus driver that is where it comes that's, that's where the saying. difference which man down can to. operate his machine the best yeah and even when that's you, what it comes and down even to. when you have an underwhelming car in nascar a good driver can overcome that right you know, like a Kyle Larson, for example, who is this generation's Mario Andretti. He's going to run the Indy 500 and the Coke 600 on the same day, Memorial Day weekend this year. Right. He is going to run 1,100 miles of racing in two of the premier racing events That's of crazy. the year. Yeah. And two of the, you know, those are those are the gems. Those are the, you know, the big th- dogs. those are your those are your big dog races. And he's going to run both of them. And he is one of the most, if not the most talented driver in the world right now. Right. You don't get that in F1. Well, you don't get that kind of driver where Kyle Larson can go out and run the top line around the track and, you know, and rip the wall, as the kids say, you know, where they're running literally inches off of the wall. Just on the outside line? Yep, because that's where all the speed is, wide open. You know what I mean? Like, there's not many people that can do that. And then and then go to a track like Daytona Talladega and get in the draft and know how to basically see the air, as right. they say. You know, some might say, you know, after watching me and I racing this week that I can see the air. Oh, I mean, it's a compliment that's been bestowed upon me. I tend to disagree. I'm not Dale Earnhardt Sr. I'm pretty close, but you know, I'm not there yet. Um but no. Uh, I did have a very successful week in Atlanta this week, so it was fun in iRacing. It was great. I won my, I won my first ever ranked truck race this week on a last lap pass in Atlanta. Not bad. It was good times. Not bad. Yeah, got the row one. Got the row. I got the row one seat one Toyota Tundra. 
you yeah. know, up into Victory Lane or whatever. Tacoma? Is it Tundra? Tacoma? I don't know. Anyway, the Toyota. We got the Toyota, you know, the row one seat one Toyota in Victory Lane uh, in Atlanta after a nice, you know, hard fought battle. It was good times. Um, you know, the row one seat one Ford Mustang. We didn't get to Victory Lane, but we, you know, notched a bunch of top fives, a bunch of top tens. Yeah, you know, yeah. had some pretty consistent showings, so it was fun. It's pretty dope. Um, you know, the Brazzer Chevy is, uh, you know, it's, it hasn't found Vic- it's found Victory Lane in its first race ever, <laughs> not yet since, but uh, still working on that one, so we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, NASCAR for me is, you know, this you know me. I mean, obviously, you've known me my whole life. Um, this is my bread and butter. This is my first love in life. This is my sport. This is my jam. This is what I do. I got away from it for, you know, a decade and a half-ish where I right. wasn't all into it, and now I'm back all into it, and I'm more back into it now because of the betting. So let's talk about the bets. So we hit the Daytona 500, all right? I posted my bets for the 500. I gave you five guys that I was putting, you know, I and, and here's the thing. When I bet, when my bets, when I put my bets in, I bet straight winners. You don't have to take the straight winners like I do. Yeah. I like the straight all winners because right. I like the, I like the big reward. I don't. I, I could bet them top three, top five, top ten. I'm not really interested in nickel and diamond, twenty, thirty bucks here and there. Uh, I want like the big, you know, three hundred dollar wins, five hundred dollar wins, yeah, two hundred dollar like. wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we nailed the Daytona five hundred. I gave you Slick Willie uh, yeah. at plus what eighteen hundred. I think he yeah. was going off at. You want a buck ninety off of a ten dollar bet? Yeah. So it was a buck ninety plus the ten, so one hundred eighty. So it was a bu- uh, plus eighteen hundred. We gave you Slick Willie. Uh, we gave you Kurt Busch uh, as well. There was a couple other guys that were up there that we that we put. Um, I think I took Bubba. He ended up in the top five. Yep. Um, we Ryan did really Priest. well. We did really well at Daytona. Ryan Priest was the only one that really didn't do it because he got caught he up got in that lap, yep. lap three incident um, that Brad Keselowski caused because that's what Brad Keselowski does. You know, there is no place you <laughs> there is no place you would rather not be at a super speedway than on the front bumper of Brad Keselowski. Um, if you don't believe me, just go watch Daytona, Talladega, or Atlanta, and you will find Brad Keselowski pushing somebody into a wreck. It happens every single time. That being said, uh, this past weekend at Atlanta, we did not hit on the winner. We had a few guys. So I had uh, Chase Elliott, George's second favorite, second son. Yep. Uh, the the you know uh, Chase from the same place is awesome. Bill from Dawsonville. I had him as my he was my favorite. I think he was going off plus eight hundred or plus a thousand. We had Kyle Busch at plus fourteen hundred. Yep. We had uh, Justin Haley at plus eight thousand. Corey LaJoy at plus four thousand. And who else did we have in the middle there? We had one more in the middle. Hang on, I'll tell you. I was gonna say I could probably go. Shit, did I get rid of the screenshots? Ah, I'm not on. Uh... I might have gotten rid of the screenshots when I had. Hang on, I'll uh, I'll tell you right now. I can't remember exactly. I can't remember who the middle one was. Um, because it was like plus two. Ryan Blaney. Oh no, it was um. Uh, not Keslowski. It was uh, fucking. Oh, for fuck's sake. Logano. Nope, it wasn't. Wasn't Logano. It was a good driver too. God damn it! Why can't I remember who the? Fuck? Can't remember who the fuck it was, dude. I can go on Fanduel and go look at past pass my pass. Hang on, I got it. It's right there. Nope, that's the wrong post. Um. This is really going to piss me off. Here we go. Uh, let's see. We had Ross Chastain, the Melon Man. Duh. Oh, yeah. So we had Ross. So we had Kyle Busch miss out on 
the win. We missed out on... Ty Gibbs was one of them. No, we did not have Ty Gibbs this week. That was Daytona. We had Ty Gibbs in Daytona. So Kyle Bush so so Kyle Bush missed out on we missed out on going back to back uh winning the first two races of the year bets wise uh by seven one thousandths of a second. Now if you didn't get to see this race, I'll play you the clip of the final lap right here. Uh and you can see the eight car obviously is Kyle Bush. He's in the middle. Uh Daniel Suarez ended up winning it. This is the third closest finish in NASCAR history. 0.003 seconds. So three one thousandths of a second. That's crazy. Now, Seriously. You couldn't nuts. tell from the live TV view who won. It was too close. All The only thing right. I knew was that Kyle Busch didn't win it because I could just tell by the way the cars were lined up when they came across. I, I knew it. I was like, and I remember just I yelled out. I was like, fuck. And I almost for one second let my emotions get in the way because I was mad that I didn't hit on the bet. Right. Of actually enjoying the fuck out of the ending of this race which is one of the greatest endings i've ever seen um that's mad funny <laughs> but yeah check this shit out this was fucking rad let's see where was it uh it was this one. here comes the energy here comes the support from the back that third row where does he blocked does he block high does he block yep. low here it comes kyle bush to the middle shooting a gap no help with Cal Bush. Oh, Suarez right alongside him. Three wide. Off Look turn at this. four. Here they come to the flag. Three abreast. Photo finish. Damn. How, I think he's playing. <laughs> That's Unbelievable. Nuts. Three wide finish. Have you ever seen anything like that? So, yeah, all these uh, F1 fans that are like, NASCAR's so stupid. All they do is turn left. Fuck you, Formula One. You haven't had a finish that exciting ever. Ever. Fuck off. You know, that's what you get from NASCAR, from racing on ovals. That's what you get. Right. Now, granted, Atlanta, this is one of the better races I've seen in a long time. Um, but there are a lot more finishes like this that you don't see every week because they're not three wide. They're not, you know, right. it's not three wide coming to the stripe for the win, but it's, you know, usually side by side, two wide. Two wide, whatever. You know, guys beating and banging off of each other, whatever. It's good times. Um, but this is what NASCAR does for you. So we missed out on the win I almost took Blaney. I was between him and Logano, but I really wasn't sold on either one of them. Daniel Suarez is one of those guys where, like, he's just good enough to kind of ruin your day betting. You know, like, kind of like <laughs> yeah. this weekend. Like, I'm not mad Daniel Suarez won, but I'm disappointed Daniel Suarez won because, like, why couldn't that just have been Ross Chastain? You know, why couldn't that have right. been his teammate? Right, you know? right, right. Why couldn't have Ross just been there? And, you know, we had Ross going off at, what What did we have Ross at, Paul? We had Ross at, I don't know. Let's see. Hang on, let me switch back. I think, oh, plus 2,000. So that would have been a nice $200 hit, you know? Right, right. And said, I think Suarez was like plus 3,500. Yeah. But there's no way in hell I'm taking Suarez anywhere except the road course. I mean, Suarez, great road course driver. You know, a lot of these international guys, if you don't know Daniel Suarez, he's from Monterey, Mexico. That's, you know, he's he was part of the uh the NASCAR um uh what's it what's it called? Their their um basically like their uh their minority driving elevating, you know, elevate the minority driver thing like you got to be a minority to be in it. Um and he came up through that and he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Suarez is a fantastic driver. He this is not a uh this is not a fucking diversity hire by any right, means. This right. is this is he's legit. He worked his way. Yeah, he's he's fucking legit as shit. 
Um, he's fucking great, but he's just good enough to like fuck my day up betting. You know what I mean? Because like, I mean, granted, if he wasn't there, Blaney would have won it anyway. But I would have felt better about myself, uh, you know, losing to Ryan Blaney than I would have Daniel Suarez. But it is what it is. But the point is, we had Kyle Busch finished third, Ross Chastain finished seventh. We had. Uh, who else? We had Corey LaJoy. I believe he finished in the top 15. Uh, we had... Who else did I say? Uh, we had uh, Justin Haley. Yep. Who I had I had put... So I had put all my eggs. Not all my eggs. I had uh, I kind of hyped up Corey LaJoy uh, in the early portions of the, of, of the week. And in my breakdown, uh, which I'll post every Saturday yeah. uh, on the Roll One Seat One Facebook page, you'll be able to see my betting breakdown and who I'm taking right. on Sundays. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of an explanation as to the why, um, because I think it's important. Because again, this is NASCAR, so there's a lot of variables. This isn't right, like looking right. at a spread and being like, "Ooh, six and a half." Mm. I'm gonna tease that, do this, punt that. Blah, 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 blah. It's not like your traditional sports bet. No, it's not. Um, so it, a lot of people, and I did get a lot of positive feedback from a lot of folks this week. Yeah. Um, who were really, really, really gassed on the on the picks that we made because they took picks, and rather than betting the guy to be, you know, a straight winner, you know, we had some people take Kyle Busch top three, you know, a couple guys they took top five, you know, top ten, whatever, and they made money. So we're making people money, and that's the right. important part is, is that you're making money. I go for the straight winners because I'm all in it for the big dough. Uh, not the big dough, but the big er dough. Um, I want the bigger hits because eventually I want to be able to get to like Daytona, Talladega, and throw like a grand down on a guy who's like you know, like a Ryan Priest who's plus 5,000. Right, right. It's Ryan Priest. Um, that's an old family guy skit for those that you don't know. Don't know. It's Diane Weiss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look it up. It's funny. But uh, anyway, I want to be able to like get work up to that aspect of it because I'm I'm getting pretty, I'm doing pretty good with this so far. I got to avoid the like 12, 13 week fucking slump that I hit last summer. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. It's cup car. It's cup racing. And it, it, there's so many variables and it's so hard to pick winners week to week. But we're doing pretty good. So if you listen to us, follow along. I'll give you my bets every week. I'll tell you who I'm betting on. Yep. And these are people that I'm actually putting my money on. So this isn't like, you know, I'm just telling you who to put money on and not doing it myself. Nope. I will, you know, if you want the screenshots, I'll show you the screenshots where I got money on guys. Um, you know, this is the money I'm putting on these guys. So, you know, we hit the Daytona 500. We came seven one thousandths of a second from hitting on Atlanta. This week we go to Vegas. I'm telling you right now, Kyle Busch is already the leader in my clubhouse. It's his home track. He dominates this place. He loves this place. Um, I got to go back and watch last year's race and kind of do a little bit of homework um, for this one. But I already like Kyle Busch. Uh, I think my motto going forward for the rest of the year is thou shall not bet against slick fucking Willie. <laughs> because if you bet on... I feel like this, look, I feel like if you take Slick Willie and Kyle Larson every single week for the first 26 weeks, you're going to hit on half of the races. Because both of those guys, I think, are going to be able to win four, five, six races each. And if you take each, if you take one of them every week, you're yeah. you're going to be hitting on all of them. Are you, are you, am I boring you? No. No? Okay. Sorry. I just want to make sure I wasn't shut up. Yeah, I wasn't distracting you from no, whatever's on your phone. Up. Um, 
But I feel like if you take one of those two guys every week, if you take both of those guys, if you take Slick Willie and Kyle Larson every week, like the, the regular the regular season's twenty six races. Yeah. From now until we get to the end of August with Daytona again, where we bookend it. Uh, if you take the, Slick Willie and Kyle Larson, you're going to hit ten of those races. Right. So half the time, almost half the time, you're going to come out on top. So it's really not that tough. You're just going to find the guys with the hot hands, and then you want to find the guy at the track that like nobody's thinking of, like the Shane Van Ginsburg at the fucking Chicago street course. And I think last year was like plus like 15,000 to win that race. Right, right. And then he fucking came out and dominated the fuck out of the final like 10 laps yeah. and ran away with it in the rain. It was fucking amazing. Um, so there's that. So we'll keep you abreast every single Sunday. Uh, every single Saturday, I'll try to put my pick. I'll put my picks up. Um, it'll be on my page, the Row One Seat One page. Um, and you can go there and just check in on those. And uh, again, I'm I'm picking straight winners. Don't let that deter you. If you want to take top three, top five, top ten, you know, parlay it into say, you know, there's there's certain groups on FanDuel where you can tell you like, all right, this group of drivers is going to do better than this group of drivers. Blah 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 blah. There's tons of fucking prop yeah. bets and shit. Um, but there's a lot of ways to bet on cup cup racing i like the straight winners because i like the big wins and that's just where we're at with it so yeah yo, i don't like nickel and diamond shit no nah, i don't i don't really care if like 30 or 40 bucks here 30 40 bucks there like now nah, just i'm gonna put my 10 bucks down on my five guys mm-hmm. and my my rule of thumb is like i usually take two guys that are like you know favorited you know in the top five or t- you know six right of right. the guys that are projected to win it I'll take one guy who's kind of middle of the pack, plus 2,000, 2,500, and then, like, kind of two long odds. Yeah. You know, depending on the track. Yeah, good drivers, but just long odds. Yeah, like Corey, the Corey LaJoys of the world, the Ryan Priestes, you know. Right, right. Uh, Justin Haley's been super good at super speedways, so, like, I would stay away from him. And, like, I wouldn't really put money on down on uh, Justin Haley until we get to Talladega in April. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would put – I'd stay stay away from that. Um, as far as betting on Formula One, don't do it. Don't um, do it. It's just a losing. It's a losing effort. If you're not betting on Max Verstappen, you're 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 not you're not winning, and you're not going to win any money. And in order to win any money on Max Verstappen, you're going to have to put down a boatload of fucking money. Right. And then yeah, and it's like I'm not putting like, down a thousand dollars just to win a hundred. Yeah, because he's like minus one ten every single week, and it's like right. the only reason he's minus is because well, like one ten is because he, like you know he might blow a fucking tire or something. Right. Right. You know there is always, and that's the beauty of fucking auto racing and betting on it, is you always have that element of that variable that, like that you don't know, like the motor could let go, right, yeah, you could lose, you know, know, mechanical failure is common. It happens every week. Uh, you know, people make mistakes. They get wrecked. You just don't know. You don't see it coming. It shit happens. Um, but so far, so good on this season. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about betting on NASCAR this year. I, I like where we're at. Uh, you know, to be this close to being two and zero to start the season really, you know, has me pretty, pretty, pretty hopeful uh, going forward here. So we don't got to hit every week, but we're gonna try to hit. We're gonna try to hit every week. How big's how big is Las Vegas? One point five. So that's not bad. I mean, so one point five miler, um, intermediate track, but it's like a D shaped oval. Sounds like a shitty track. It's actually a lot of fun. It's high bank, so it's fast. Oh, all right. High banks. It's like a, yeah. It's it's uh like Michigan. You know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a track that you really got to know how to drive to hold speed at. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like yeah. you can't just run it wide open. You got to save tires, fuel. Like there'll be a lot more things coming into strategy wise into this game, uh, into this race, yeah. than say like you know Daytona or Talladega, where you're just like, all right, like you know Daytona, Talladega, those are those tracks that you you can't lose, you can't win the race on pit road, but you can definitely lose it. Right. 
So you just got to be like, just don't biff it, you know? Right. Don't don't miss the lug nut like they did on Kurt Busch in the 500 and set him back to <laughs> 28th place, even though Kurt Busch and Denny Hamlin was bitching on his podcast. Well, you know, it was really tough to pass at Daytona. It's like, really? Kurt Busch went from 28th to first in like four laps. Right. So right. <laughs> fuck what you doing? <laughs> uh, anyway. Rod driving. Not 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 doing what Kurt Bush, Kyle Busch was doing. Kurt, right. I keep saying that. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Um, but anyway, I think that's good, Paul. Are you good? Did we miss anything? Did we? No, I think we fucking we nailed pretty much everything. That we, we got. Yeah, about. I think we got it all. All right, so we'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah. Right here on Row One C One live on the one the only the New Bedford Guide. Hopefully, Sean will be here with us, uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll have we'll we'll recap my bets from Vegas. This week we'll do more NFL. We'll get into the Brady. Um, I'm sorry, the Belichick documentary hit piece that just came out. <laughs> uh, Judy, Judy, no McMullen. What the fuck's her first name? McMullen, Boston journalist. Oh, the old bitch. Yeah. Jackie. Jackie McMullen. Yeah, the coach. No, 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 no. Not a coach. Was she a women's Mc... basketball coach? No, you're thinking like Pat. Oh, Summit. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, they kind of, kind of look a little bit like Pat Summit looks like Jackie with short hair. I guess. Yeah, I thought maybe. they were the fuck. Oh no, no, no Jackie McMullen's like a fucking. <laughs> she's a Boston. I know. Yeah, she's on around the horn and shit. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's basically. She was up there like basically shitting on Belichick, uh, in this documentary, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck are you? Like, get the fuck out of here? How much do they pay you to say this? But it's all the crafts just doing a hit piece on Belichick because the divorce got a little ugly. And I think right. they're just trying to get out ahead of it, you know, in the event that Bill writes a book. Um, but you can just tell, like, the way Robert Kraft was talking about it. And he's like, holy crap, I'm going to the Super Bowl. And you're like, he's, like, talking about, like, I'm going to the Super Bowl, not me, my team. Like, right. it's just very weird. Uh, but we'll get Sean's, we'll wait for Sean for that. We'll get his comments on hopefully next week. We'll do that. We'll recap the NASCAR bets. We'll recap the Formula One season opener in Bahrain, yeah. which is actually on Saturday night, I believe, late Saturday night. Um, I'll be recording it and then watching it on Sunday before I turn on NASCAR, um, which I to watch what I assume will be the inevitable, which will be Max Verstappen running away with it. But hopefully, hopefully, that's Race not at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. And that's on ESPN, right? Yep. So... 10 p.m. ESPN, you can watch that Formula One season opener, which is going to be fun, I'm sure. It'll be at least interesting. Um, not as interesting as next year's season opener is going to be, but we'll, we'll 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 get to that when we get to that. So yeah. uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night, 8.45 p.m., right here, one the only, the New Bedford Guide for Mr. Betancourt, who couldn't be here at Plizzy. I am Joey Fats. This is Row 1C1, Joey Fats Radio. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Peace.